It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you on Kiss FM by J. Michael Fashion for Everyone. Hey, Sandy, how are you? Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Are good. Yeah, mm. yeah of course. Lots of interesting news today. Probably oh, yeah. the biggest news of the day is the fact that um, sitting MP, Mr. McKeever Bush, has been arrested and charged yeah. with indecent assault and rape. Wow. What? In a decades-old case dating back to, I think my source said 1999. Wow. So this is something new. Oh. Um, we had reported on it before that they were investigating it, mm-hmm. but they made the decision yesterday to, um, well, I guess before yesterday, but he appeared in court yesterday morning charged. Wow. Arrested and charged. Yeah. And he's in bail. Pretty wild. He's mm-hmm. been bailed. Yes, of course, he's been bailed. And then, uh, and there's another uh, case still pending, right? Well, the other case he's already um, made a few court appearances for, and that uh, he selected a jury trial for. So wow. we will see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's just um, mind-boggling, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's always a risk. A jury of your peers. Uh, I'm yeah, sure. I think he's 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 counting on he still has the popular vote in the sense that you know. The people are with him sort of thing, I think, is what I think that's a that's hmm. in terms of defense attorneys. I see. <laughs> listen, um, not to say that if you're guilty, you're always going to go with a jury, um, but you have probably a better chance with a jury than a judge in most instances. Well, it depends on the, the evidence, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, jurors can be very unpredictable. And I think they tend to be, especially in sexual assault and rape cases, unfortunately, a lot of times they tend to be predictable um, in the for the defendant as opposed to the victim. That's so creepy. I've seen I've seen some stuff, Blake and Aaron, that have just blown my mind sitting in court. I'm like, did we listen to the same trial? Wow. And jurors let people walk. Yeah. So I think defense attorneys know that. And obviously they tell their their clients that as well. So it is what it is, but we'll see. We will definitely be watching this um, carefully. It's an interesting case for many other reasons, which we can't really, unfortunately, get into. But um, off air, Blake, I'll, I'll give you a nugget. Mm-hmm. And another um, bizarre and interesting news that we um, we broke both of these during yesterday morning's show in case anybody missed it. But um, there has been a sexual assault at the prison. Hmm. Yeah, her majesty, his, his majesty's uh, prison. And so um, a male inmate is alleging that another male inmate um, raped him in prison. Wow. So the police were there um, all day yesterday investigating that and collecting evidence. And um, we initially heard that it was a juvenile. Thank God we've received confirmation that it is not a juvenile because that was extremely concerning. Um, but it's still nonetheless, you know, a horrific thing for anyone to have to endure, wow, especially yeah, someone in, in custody. Well, there aren't juveniles there, are there? Well, that's debatable because apparently there is a, a wing or facility with juveniles right next door. So I don't know how they're housed. And this is some of the questions that we do have that hopefully they're not in any sort of direct contact with the regular general population. Yeah. And then more sad news, um, a man was found unresponsive uh, yesterday evening around 6, about 6.30 or so. Heard that um, as well. At Barefoot, Barefoot Beach in East End. And it looks like it's probably a suicide. 
Mm, that's sad. Yeah, very, very sad. So, of course, we want to remind people that, um, you know, there's help out there. If you need it, please reach out to someone. Yeah, big news day. Uh, yeah, I know. Lots of sad news. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one final one coming out of the U.S. Uh, if you travel to the U.S., this might be something to be on the lookout for. But they're recording their first local uh, five local cases of malaria, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, those nasty, pesky mosquitoes carry all sorts of diseases. But this is the first local cases in some 20 years that the U.S. has had. And, um, you know, malaria is a disease that spread through the um, female mosquito, as most diseases are, because they're the only ones, I think, that bite you. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, it's found in certain regions of the U.S. But it tends to be extremely rare. And so scientists are warning people that uh, this could mean that there could be, you know, a malaria outbreak linked to warmer temperatures and stuff as well. So there are four cases in Florida and one in Texas. Thanks, climate change. Yeah. I know. Right. Let's, I know. Trust me. Let's keep that so those are some of your news headlines this morning. So let's keep pretending it's not happening. Yeah. And, and we got, let, let's end on a bit of good news. Sure. Because um, I won't be, I won't be on tomorrow morning. So just that's why. Oh, you don't want to be around for my birthday? <laughs> Tomorrow's your birthday. Well, guess what today is? Today is what? Today is CMR's birthday. Oh, so we're, really? six, we're six years old today. Oh, happy oh, birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm seven. Just a baby. Yeah. I'll be just a baby. Yeah. That's so sweet. That's the good news or yeah. the good news? Is that, yeah, that's the good news. Oh, well, so, that's you're, cool. so you're all, off tomorrow. All, all of six. No, that we're all, we're six today. That's the good that's news. A, that's a big news. Yeah. yeah. But you are yeah. off tomorrow is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, I am. Well, right. you guys go and have a good birthday celebration. Yeah. Enjoy your four-day weekend. And we'll see you oh, uh, right. on Tuesday. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. All have right. a good one. You All too. Right, bye. Okay. Up on Bobo 89.1 FM. Right. Hang tight, folks. After the holiday weekend. Yeah, well. I love it. <laughs> so many birthdays. All right. Let me just do one little thing. Looks like I've somehow managed to pull up my tab. Give me one second, good people. All right, we're going to be live in just a minute here on Bobo 89.1 FM. And then we are going to kick off the day. Yay. Let me send out my links to everybody. 9362626 is the telephone number. I always like to put that in there because I feel like sometimes people forget. Okay, honey, chill. We got about 30 seconds remaining before I hit that intro video. Everybody's good this morning. I see you guys are up early. Woohoo! Morning. Good morning. All right, we're going to get it here now. Mm hmm.
bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold hard truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live, direct, it's the cold hard truth Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. I feel like we should be saying uh, happy Friday, part one. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Let me just see who's with us this bright and early Thursday morning. We have coming straight out of the barn, front row and center in class, Miss Vernita. Miss Vernita, she would get an A plus for perfect attendance because she is always here in the mornings and she's always the first one. Well, not always, but A lot of times she's the first one to say, good morning. How are you? Yes, honey, chill. She says, pleasant morning. Good morning, angels. Love and unity is a key to win wars. Have a blessed day, everyone. Miss Charlotte joining us from Scotland said that she's watching. We've got Diamond Princess saying good morning to everyone. Wee Wee is here. Uh, Miss Morna is here. She says the heat is on, honey, chill in more ways than one. Let me tell you. Miss Debbie, so good to see you. Good morning. Miss Dorothy is here. First Lady Jan also here. She says, good morning to all. Have a blessed and safe day. Melanie, hello, Melanie. How are you? Joining us, KK says, um, HMP, what's going on? And what's the special announcement, CMR? Stay tuned, honey, chill. We're going to dive right in this morning. We got so much stuff to cover. Hello, Wee Wee. Um, yes, I think some of you got the special announcement already. So in case you missed it, let me just repeat it. Today, June the 29th, we are actually celebrating our sixth anniversary. You know, is it a birthday or is it an anniversary? We're six years old, but it's an anniversary, right? So um, thank you, uh, Jim. I was thinking in my head, though, that it was seven years until I, I had to finger count this morning. I'm like, wait a minute. We started in 2007, and then I did like my finger counting like when I was in about the fourth or fifth grade, <laughs> counting on my fingers, right? Oh, my gosh. Is anybody else still counting their fingers? Oh, can I tell you? It reminds me of, um, remember when 2000 
was like rolling around. Well, way before 2000, I remember I was like, I was probably in the fifth grade or something. For some reason, this conversation stands out as a kid. I don't know why. But I remember kids, I was in the lunch line, go figure. And there were some kids who were like, oh my God, 2000 is so far away. And like, we're all going to be so old. And it was like 2000 was like a big, like, oh, that's going to be a big thing. And so I remember counting on my fingers, like whatever year that would have been, that would have been like the eighties. And I was like counting my fingers. I ran out of fingers. You know, as a kid, when you run out of fingers, you're like, that's a big number (laughs) because it's more than 10. I've only got 10 fingers. That's like really a long ways off. And my goodness, we are now in 2023. So the year 2000 came and 23 years later, we're still feeling good. We're still feeling young and fresh. And we're not thinking that that was really that old in 2000, right? Isn't it absolutely crazy how time just flies? And so, yes, we are celebrating six amazing years today. What a journey. Good morning to Miss Dorotha. Um, it has been just an amazing journey. I, I never envisioned it. I must tell you, not in a million years did I plan this or envision it, and yet here we are, right, on this roller coaster ride together. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you all for your amazing support, first and foremost. Um, I know in the early days, there was a lot of people who were like negative Nancy's. They're like, I don't know what Sandy's doing. I don't know what this is about. We're not feeling it. No, no, no. We got the compass. We got came a new service. We got this one. We got that one. And I was like, listen, I'm not trying to emulate anybody, right? We're going to do our own thing. We're going to be different. We're going to just knock it out of the park. That was always the vision, really, is to be different. And, um, you know, we just, we, we moved to a different beat. <laughs> our drum is like, you know, totally, completely different. We're not even in the same band. You know, when you're in the same band together, at least you kind of mesh with the other players. We're like, nope, we're over here in, in the crazy side. Yes, yeah, some days we're crazy. And um, it is what it is. You know, we just keep we just keep it moving, honey, Chia. Good morning, Miss Stephanie. Miss Morna says she loves the flag in the background, like it's blowing against the wind. Thank you so much. Um, so I am getting to enjoy the vacation. Today is technically the last day of vacation. I've been doing a lot of driving up and down, Charles. So I feel like when I get home, I'm going to need a break from the vacation. So I'm glad that Monday is a holiday because that means I can sleep in. I can ease my way back into the weekend. We're so excited about seeing Zeus again um, because it's been a whole week that we haven't seen him. Oh my gosh. And he's been doing a lot of training. His week has been spent being extremely productive he was off to doggy training camp. And so we've gotten some videos to demonstrate and um, show his progress. And I must tell you, he is looking good. I mean, I was like, whoa, look at him. Ah, he's looking pretty good there, listening and sitting down. I'll show you guys a little snippet here in a second. But uh, yeah, Zeus is coming right along. Love it. So, of course, um, Gigi's so excited. She's like, oh, my gosh, when are we going to see Zeus? I want to see him right now. And I was like, now, remember, Zeus has been in training. So what that means is we have to continue to keep him under manners. We have to be, you know, very firm with him. She's like, we have to be strict with Zeus. Of course, she doesn't get it. She's like, what? Why do we have to be strict with him? And I said, well, 
you know, um, he is uh, in trainings. <laughs> we have to continue. It's, it's not like you just send him the training and then when he comes back, you let him return to all the bad behaviors. You have to keep it up. And she's like, oh, well, what does that mean? Kids are so funny, the things that they say and how their little brains think. So I said, yeah, you know, good behavior is the, the thing about it is um, it is really something that you, um, I'm going to show you guys his little video, his training video here, but it's something that you have to consistently work on every single day. You know, it's like, like, any, like any habit that you want to adopt, you've got to be prepared to make it a daily part of your life, right? So good morning to Everton, Felicia's here, Damien, good morning. Um, another Miss Dorothy is also here, Miss Dorothy McLeod. Joy is here, joining us from Texas. Everton says, I hope you have a, have, have a wonderful vacation. Enjoy and stay safe. Thank you. We are wrapping it up now. Miss Bonnie is here. Uh, Miss Olivia. Hey, Oscar. We don't see Oscar much, but he says, good morning, Miss Sandra. Happy Thursday. Enjoy your day to the fullest. Thank you. Miss Iva is here. The beautiful Dory is in the house. Dory, did I see your daughter recently? Was it graduate from high school? Which, by the way, Congratulations to all of our young people who are graduating. I know some of you have sat like a million exams. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the English system, these CXC, what is it, CXC exams and GCSE. I don't even know what the heck they are. But it's like you can do like a gazillion subjects and stuff, and hopefully you guys are doing really well. I don't know when you get your results, but congratulations. I know that so many parents... Um, are just really happy that their kids have uh, reached this milestone. You know, we all remember high school, graduating high school is a big time. Good morning, Siobhan. Good morning, Natasha. Miss Charlene is here. And uh, it makes any parent, I think, proud to see, you know, your little ones getting to that stage in life, right? And there's so much more to come for them. It's just one of the amazing milestones that your kids reach that makes you see some of your hard work um, has really paid off. Miss Charlene says, "Good uh, congratulations on your sixth anniversary. Yay. Thank you. Um, and Siobhan says, yep, I still count on my fingers. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. Thank you, John. Thank you, Miss Morna. So um, the first person really to get one of the, because um, they're not in full production yet. We're still working on sorting them out. The new Honey Child mugs was um, Paul, and Paul is from uh, Bermuda. He was here for a couple of days and came out, and now he's returned. And he sent us a picture yesterday. Did you guys see that on social media? His mug has made it all the way back home safely, and he put it right in front of his little ham radios and took a picture and sent us. So, yeah, that's fun. Good morning to Mr. Kurt. Um, thank you so much, Mel. Thank you to Lily Boo. How are you? Sharon. Uh, thank you, Miss Susie. So good to see you. She says, happy anniversary. Miss Bonnie is here for it. Alejandro, Miguel, Ingrid, Miss Ethel. Lots of the usual suspects are in class today. You guys are getting an A plus for perfect attendance. Uh, Miss Sue. Um, oh, yes, Dory. Well, hello. Dory's big news is her daughter is now an attorney. I knew I saw something that was big news. So her daughter has just been called to the bar as an attorney in the Cayman Islands. Congratulations. Um, now that you say that, I remember the picture and everything. She looks beautiful and that is a lot of hard work, trust me. I know, 
I got close, <laughs> you know? So I know what it takes to get through law school, honey child. And oh my gosh, she's even gone further. She got articles. She's done the full nine yards. So congratulations to you, Dory, and to her. Um, again, you know, as parents, we invest so much in our kids that it's good to see them achieve these little, you know, um, professional and personal highlights in their lives. So good morning to um, Miss Carol. She says, congratulations on the Ma Road. Keep it up. Keep it coming. Thank you very much. Ms. Renita says, good morning, Ms. Sandy. Happy sixth anniversary. Thank you for all that you've done for people and islands, also the world. May God continue to bless you and all of your endeavors. Really appreciate that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Sue yeah. saying congratulations as well. Yeah. So let's collectively celebrate Dory um, this morning and um, that amazing um, accomplishment for her daughter. Trust me when I tell you, it's not easy when your kids go through at universities and not just go through and do a degree, but they go beyond that. And they do professional training, whether it's a CPA, a doctor, or a nurse or whatever. There's a lot that goes into this. And I think that um, as KK says, another Caymanian success story, and we should all be celebrating that. So let me show you before we, um, she says, yes, not an easy task. Oh, and trust me, y'all have no clue those late hours. Um, let me show you what Zeus has been up to. So here's a little video of him. Look at him getting trained. That's him. Oh, my little tweetums. I can't wait to see him. He's just such a sweet little puppy. So um, this is part of his training. You see the guy tells him to come out and he has to sit. Yes, yeah, good boy. And then he has to go over here. Uh-huh, look at that, lying down on the mat, uh-huh. And then he has to come back. Uh-huh, yes, look at Zeus, learning good manners. Oh my gosh, he is just gonna be something else. But of course, um, there's a handover process where now we have to learn all these commands and we have to continue to work with him because we don't want him to lose what he's learned in a week by making him run wild. My daughter's like, oh, well, now that he's trained, we can just let him out of the cage, right? And I said, <laughs> I said, not quite. So look, there he goes back in the cage and then he lies down. Oh my gosh, right? Charlene is like so adorable. He really is. Oh, what a little patootie, look at him. Oh my goodness. So that's what he's been doing for the past week that we've been away. And look, he's just wagging that tail, a little excited. Uh-huh. And then he's like, okay, stay and then come. Yeah, uh-huh, back in your cage. Sometimes he doesn't want to go back in the cage, I've noticed, but other times he's very good when you tell him to go. Um, he'll go straight in. So there he is. He's been learning all kind of good commands and stuff. So mess with Zeus. He's going to be a well-behaved little boy. By the time that we get him back, Patricia is wishing um, congrats to um, Dory. Um, Natasha says, so stinking cute. He looks great, right? Super excited to see him. Thank you, Siobhan. But more important than being cute is that he's got good manners. Because <laughs> people can be cute and not be respectful and not have good manners. And I tell you what, as my Aunt Lottie always used to say, um, good manners will take you far in this world. So um, yes, and it's, it's so hard when you have kids that are cute. I hate to say this, but <laughs> when you have cute kids, you make them get away with, I think, a lot more. Now, every parent thinks their kids are cute, I believe. 
But I do think some of y'all are kind of like, mm, the cuter they are, the more they tend to get away with. But you can't, you can't let that impact you, your training and your disciplining and those types of things, right? So stay focused, folks. Um, yesterday I was at a facility um, enjoying some water part-time with my daughter. Um, <laughs> this person says, good morning. I heard the name Zeus and I woke up, love him, aw. Um, so yes, I was at a water park with my daughter and we had gone to the bathroom to change into dry clothes. And I heard this mother in the next stall yelling and screaming at this little girl. Um, it, it really breaks my heart when I hear this because I think number one is so unnecessary. And I don't know what the little kid was doing Well, she was putting her hand in her mouth, but it seems like she had done something before. I don't know if she had used the bathroom because she hadn't had a chance to wash her hands yet. Obviously the mom doesn't want her putting her hands in her mouth. Totally understandable. Trust me, moms, we get it, right? You, we've all had at least one, I feel like, epic diaper fail when these babies are in diapers. Whew, things just explode and things happen. And, oh, we had one episode, thank God it was only one, where the poop was everywhere in the playroom. It was smeared. Like we left her for just a minute. And next thing I know, she had a bathroom thing. And this was as she was getting a little bit older. And she was smearing it everywhere. I was like, oh my God, what the heck is this? And of course, you just grab them and put them in the tub. You're like, no, 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 no. But this mom was like yelling and screaming at this little baby. I mean, she's a toddler. She's walking. So I figure maybe she's like 18 months. I don't even think she's two yet. And she was screaming at her so much. And I, I feel like she probably did hit her at some point because the little girl started crying. And I thought, why do we have to be so rough with our kids, man? Like, why are we dragging them up worse than animals? Because do you think I would actually treat an animal like that? Well, maybe some of y'all would. I don't know. But I wouldn't treat an animal like that. I wouldn't be screaming at an animal like a crazy person and hitting them with all this anger and stuff. And I wanted to say something like, woman, why are you so angry? You know, like you can say no, like you can say no to a baby, but it's like the tone of voice that you're using. Right. And you don't have to be hitting on babies and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, come on, folks. And, you know, I hate to say this because this is going to be one of those things that might sound a little bit controversial, but y'all know I don't really care. It seems to mostly be people of color that do this foolishness. I think our history of just being the products of like slavery and that whole thing has changed the dynamics of who we are, perhaps. I mean, I don't know what the life was like in, in Africa. I'd like to see how African tribes like treat their children. Are they as aggressive as, you know, other places in the world? But I don't know, man. I'm like, y'all need to don't, you know, don't be, don't be beating your kids all the time like this and jerking them around. And oh my God. So the poor baby started crying. And then she's like, go wash your hands. The one thing that was kind of funny about the whole thing is that um, the, I don't know, there's another thing that's unique to, some African people, African-Americans, African-Caribbean people, I don't know. But, you know, you go to a place like the beach or water park and you put on a shower cap. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know how many people I saw yesterday, all people of color with shower caps on? So this little baby, little toddler, has on a shower cap. And I'm like, uh, Why? I mean, let her enjoy getting her hair wet. My hair got all wet. Y'all see, it looks a little bit crazy. You see the extra little, like, frizziness in it? So I'll come back tomorrow and get it heat treated and whatever with Miss Rocio. But what's the big deal, man? Get the hair wet. Enjoy life. My goodness. Good morning to Miss Sarah. How are you? Daisy's in the house. 
Uh, Michael LeMay is here. Natasha says the blowouts. Oh, Lord, trust me. We had one epic one in the diaper, and I was like, Jesus, no. And then there was that one incident in the playroom. That was it. Thank God. I can't even. Um, so Zambula, we're going to be getting to that in just a minute. Uh, Sarah says, happy anniversary. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tracy says, that sounds like me and my toddler in public bathrooms. She'd be touching everything. I hate public bathrooms. Not to that extreme, though, uh, that I'd be beating her. Yeah, don't beat her for that. I mean, kids kids don't get it. They put their mouth. Oh, my God. Listen, I know. I'm a bit of a germaphobe. And so it's hard with a toddler. They're always doing everything. They're picking their noses. They're touching everything. You're like, don't do that. It's just what they do. And you know what is so funny? The fact that they do it actually helps to build their immune system. I know we're freaked out by it. We think that they're going to catch everything. Um, COVID, malaria, like whatever stuff that you don't even catch by touching stuff. We all feel like they're going to get it. But um, yeah, that's part of growing up, I guess. And kids can do like really icky stuff all the time. Ugh. Like I see them, they're so flexible at that age. They want to be putting their mouths in their, their, their feet in their mouth. I'm like, don't put your foot in your mouth. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. So Natasha says, I think part of it may be that the standard for behavior for non-white um, people and children has always been higher because of the judgment and discrimination. Um, I don't know. Uh, I have a think about that. I mean, I don't really think that's it. I think there's just an aggression that we've been taught at a very, very early age. And most of us um, grew up thinking that that's the only way you can raise a child is to be aggressive towards them and to beat them into submission. And I, I, I once thought that too, to be honest. And my thinking thankfully changed before I had a daughter. <laughs> if I had her in, in my 20s, oh, what a situation that would have been. Miss um, Morna says... If I was there, I would have said something in a nice manner to her, just saying, I know sometimes you don't know when, when to say something and when to like, you don't want to cross the line with parenting. And um, I think had it gone to like a real extreme, then obviously I think any good person would step in and say, yo, you're like, you know, this is just a baby. Give the kid a break. Um, you know, when I, when I hear children crying because of how they're being treated, it really kind of that part really gets to me. Natasha says, more pressure to not say or do a thing out of place and to give uh, white people an excuse to do something negative. I don't know, Natasha. I think it's all that you know. Like, you do what you know, and some people, that's the only parenting style they have. And their arsenal, they don't know anything else. They don't know how to be gentle parents, you know, because that's how they were raised and that's what they've been exposed to. Um, Eunasis... Did I pronounce that right? Said, my mom said that to me the other day. Uh, we hover them too much. We need to let them play in the rain and play in the dirt to build up their immunity. Yes, I mean, they call it helicopter parenting now. Like we've gone from one extreme to the next. And, um, you know, there is something to be said for allowing them to just be kids, you know, and kids are going to make mistakes. They're going to be adventurous. They're going to break an arm or two in their time. I mean, who hasn't broken an arm as a kid? I know I broke my arm once. My wrist, actually. Oh, my God, that was a horrible break. It wasn't really my fault. I was walking the dog and got tripped up in, in Prince's, um, in his leash. But anyway, I tripped and fell on the sidewalk and broke my arm. The bone was, like, literally sticking out of my, my wrist. It wasn't pretty sight. I was like, oh, my God. And then I had to run home and tell my aunt, I just broke my arm. She's like, What? 
I had to go to the emergency room. I got to wear a cast and all that good stuff. But you know what? Kids are very resilient, I must say. It takes a lot to kill them. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about that, but because y'all, some of y'all be on the verge. But, um, you know, they are really, 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 really resilient. Even babies, you see them fall and they get back up and you're like, yay! Like, you try not to make a big deal about it because if you stress out, then they like, oh, did I just hurt myself? If you pretend like nothing happened, and they have such an interesting memory about these things. Um, just a couple of days ago, my daughter was reminiscing about the day she got her finger caught in the door. So I kept telling her, when I go to the door, don't come behind me because she's like right there by the door. I'm like, don't come. You're like too close to the door. And so one day, I'll never forget it. The census lady came. And this was a couple of years ago. And Gianna came behind me and she put her finger in the door thing. And when I went to close the door... Her finger was right there. And oh my God, the scream, the bloody murder scream. I was like, oh my God, what did I do? And then you just grab them up and you're like, oh no, I had to run and get ice for it. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, Caribbean people like to say hush, meaning like hush, like shh, like hush, you know? And I was like, oh, it's, it's going to be okay. And then she's like, but her memory of it, obviously it was painful and traumatic, hence why she remembers it. But you know what her memory is? She's like, remember, you gave me a popsicle afterwards? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there you go. She's remembering the reward that came with the finger in the door. Jim says many times and not, it's a product of how people are raised. It's up to adults to break the cycle. And I absolutely agree with that, Jim, a thousand percent. Um, Natasha says, I agree with you, but more along the lines of this is where they have, um, it may have stemmed from, than just continue to the generations. I actually think, Natasha, if we were to be honest, it actually has stemmed from the days of slavery. When you see how horrific the institution of slavery was, how African-Americans in particular were treated as not even good property, but as property, how there was, oh my God, it's just horrific what happened. Um, you know, women were used just to produce babies because it was cheaper for them to have babies and to try to bring new slaves from Africa. So there was a whole farming thing, literally, where they were baby farms. And, um, you know, women of childbearing age were forced to have children with men that they didn't know, um, and sometimes even with the slave master. And so a lot happened to them, a lot happened to their children, and there was a lot of abuses and stuff that had been passed on through our genetic code and from one generation to the next. We, as a people, have had a horrific history and if we, if we admit to that and we understand the social implications of that, you also understand why some of the most um, violent places in the world really um, are linked to, you know, sort of the African heritage is because of what people went through, which is just really quite sad at the hands of other human beings. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to, so much, so much to discuss. So where do we start? Um, first of all, let's start with the McKeever Bush case. My God, uh, we announced it yesterday morning during the, um, the show that it was breaking news. And like I told you guys, at that point, we knew for sure he was arrested. It makes logical sense that they would have um, arrested him and um, charged him at the same time. And I'll tell you from a legal perspective, right? So the police in the UK and then under the English system have two options. They can arrest someone and then they continue their investigation and then they charge you at a later date. Most instances, they actually do that. 
So for example, they've arrested the second guy in the bank robbery. He's not yet been charged and they say their investigations are continuing. So they prepare a file, um, send it to the DPP's office. So they arrest you. Sometimes they don't have any real grounds on which they arrest you, believe it or not, right? They arrest you, they prepare the file, they collect evidence afterwards, they send it to the DPP's office, the DPP comes back with a ruling, and then um, the ruling at that stage says, yep, go ahead and charge or not charge, then they charge you, and that's when you make your first court appearance. In some instances, they pull the two together, kind of like what the U.S., the U.S. only has... Um, they don't arrest you and then charge you separate. There's only one process. When you're arrested, you're charged at the same. It's like a, it's unified. Under the English system, it isn't unified. They're actually two very distinct and separate things, right? So I'm not surprised that with Mr. Bush, um, given who he is, that they wanted to have a ruling before even arresting him, because that's really what this is about. Um, you know, he's obviously an MP still. He's a sitting MP. Uh, he's been arrested now. This is what, the fourth or fifth time? So he's soon catch up with me, honey chair. <laughs> he's been arrested a couple of times and, you know, he's gone to court. He's got his one conviction. He's got another case pending and then this one. So I'm not really surprised that they, um, that they decided to do it this particular way, right? And um, it means that he goes to court right away. They hand his lawyers. I don't know if he's still using... Um, Mr. Oh, who's he using for the other case? He's using Mr. Um, oh, Brady, right? This Brady Senior, not Brady Junior. There's a Brady has a nephew that works with him. That's Christopher Brady. So it's not him. He's using the Brady that we all know. They used to work immigration and whatever. So yeah, so you know, they charged him, and he appeared in court yesterday morning. And uh, I think it also, I don't even want to use the word diminish, but it, it eliminates like the speculation between the arrest and the charge. Like they just do it once. Uh, the community will talk, get it over with. And then they start to move forward in terms of the process. So now he went to court. They would have had the file ready, hopefully. And now it is a matter of let's go to the next step. Um, you're going to plead guilty, not guilty. And we go on from there. What are my thoughts about this? Well, Lord Jesus, I have a lot of thoughts. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hmm. First of all, um, I think that um, I, I see your comment, Jim, but I think the, the history of slavery has added a, another element to it because he said that, yes, every race and nationality has, you know, beat kids and whatever. Mm, I think if you looked at historically, um, I think that's true up to a point, but I think also historically um, the institution of slavery has changed how um, African-Americans see themselves. And remember that violence and trauma changes your DNA. That's not a question, that's a fact. And anything that changes your DNA, and I don't mean that in like, oh yeah, it might change your personality. I mean, no, it actually changes your mito, mito what, what, what's the word, mito, what's, what's the smallest portion of your micro, what the heck is it again? Whatever that part of your DNA is. That has actually changed because of traumatic events. The Jews also have been through it because of the Holocaust, right? So I'm not saying that it's unique to African-Americans necessarily or African people, but the sustained history of it, right? The Jews went through the Holocaust 
which lasted for a number of years. It was horrific. Millions of people died. But Africans went through it for like, there was 500 years of slavery. So I think the impact of it is very different. But anyway, I want to move away from that. That's a micro, micro, Owen, there we go. Hold on. Let me look at the words, see if I can get it right. Mitochondrial DNA. Thank you, Owen. Gosh, oh, it was in my head. I just couldn't, couldn't get it until I saw the word mitochondrial DNA. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, that's another discussion. And you know what? We need to bring some experts on and talk about that one day. You guys might find it interesting. Um, yes, Kevin's just saying that Dr. Micah Johnson spoke on the show about it before. He's an expert, a mental health um, professional. So we'll, we'll have another conversation on that. But listen, am I surprised that he's been charged? Uh, my understanding is that this is an incident that dates back to, I'm told, August of 1999. Hold on. Let me double check my sources now, honey Joe. Um, I believe my source yesterday, January of 1999. So that's a long time. Somebody want to do some finger counting for me? <laughs> um, or we can just pull out the trusty old calculator on our phones. So 19, that's 24 years old. That's a 24-year-old um, rape, right? Now, how do I feel about this? Um, you know, some people might me, oh, this is political. This is like the government going after him. I don't believe that for a minute. Uh, that, that doesn't even make any logical sense, okay? This government has no vetted interests. In fact, this makes them look extra stupid, if truth be known. This makes them look bad. I'm sure um, the premier is sitting there scratching his head like, my God, but what can he do? He can't remove him as an MP, first of all. Y'all have to understand that the people of West Bay have made it clear, even if it's just five people that he won by or 12 people or 20 people or whatever, they've made it clear that they wanted to keep him in office over his opponent, who in the last election was Mr. Um, Mario Ebanks, right? And so the people, you get what you get. You get what you continue to elect, right? And I understand the love for McKeever. I understand that no matter what he does, he's like a, a Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump said, he can grab him by the you-know-what, and y'all will still be voting him in. He could kill a man. Y'all, Some of y'all would still vote him in. Some of you will find an excuse for people no matter what because you like them, because they're likable. And I understand that from the perspective of human nature, but I also understand how incredibly... Um, you know, challenging and difficult that can be when people do things that are wrong. Like you've got to be able to separate your like their likability factor from what it is that they're doing. But I get it. I know that that's hard to do. When you like someone, you're going to bat for them. Oh no, they're a great person. I'm like, mm. now in this case, um, like I said, the theory of oh the government is somehow behind this is ridiculous. That doesn't hold any water with me whatsoever. That's just stupid. Uh, you know, the current premier had no choice because of the numbers, really, to work with Mr. Bush. After the last um, situation, he made a decision at that time that, okay, well, Mr. Bush screwed up himself, right? Um, you know, he's got to take accountability for his bad behavior at some point. And at the end of the day, um, it is really his fault why these things keep happening. Nobody, no one else can blame anybody for the, the mess that Makiba continually finds himself in, except for him. Because th this foolishness is completely avoidable. Just stay your behind home and don't touch nobody. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how hard it is for Makiba, but you know, drinking seems to be his Achilles heel. 
um, under the, the guise of which he does a lot of bad things. Oh, even those close to him, though, have reached out to me and said, Sandy, I heard the young lady. She told me her story. I, I, I'm die, dire ride with Makiva, but I believe her. And I was like, wow. I mean, these are some, when I tell you supporters, these people have been in his corner. They know the man. They have spent countless hours with him over the past 30 years. And they say they actually believe her. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of the details. I do know who the young lady is. I heard a long time ago, in fact, who it was. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the evidence is. I think that, you know, once again, the premier doesn't have any power to remove him as an MP. Um, nobody has the power to do that, as far as I know, except the people who voted him in. So could it be a situation where a by-election might be forced if he's found guilty? Maybe. I, I mean, that's if he's found guilty and he's actually going to jail. So I think that a couple things um, come to mind about this situation in particular. I feel, despite what I think of the DPP's office, and y'all know, I don't always have confidence in them from my own personal experiences, right? I do feel like sometimes they have an agenda and they somebody has an ax to grind. Um, in my own situation, I feel like somebody, I don't know, I can't put my finger on who it is, somebody has an ax to grind with me and they're always bringing these frivolous cases. But you know, there's a big difference between what I've been going through and the cases that they bring against me because they are so ridiculous that they all get thrown out by judges. Like 99.9% .9 of them have been thrown out at the very early stage where I've never even had to mount a defense. And that says a lot about the caliber of case that they are choosing to bring, right? So we'll see what happens with my latest one um, as just a, <laughs> you know, stay tuned. So, you know, I kind of feel like, mm, are they on a witch hunt for Mr. Bush? I don't believe it because there's too many people in this community who've had experiences with this man. I can't speak to any personal experiences, thank the Lord, because y'all know that wouldn't fly over very well. So I can't speak to any personal experiences. But I think that a lot of people can. And I've seen comments and stories over the years where people have said that he's done stuff to them and there's nothing for them to gain from saying that. You know, um, expats who at the time were promised, oh, if you sleep with me, you'll get status, you'll get this, you'll get that. Listen, the man has a reputation. That's all I can tell you. He has a reputation that definitely follows him around, that precedes him. And so we have had more than one instance of accusations of his aggression towards women. Seems to be a little problem with women in general, right? Sexually aggressive towards women. And some men are of the viewpoint that, you know, if they grab it, like, like Alejandro said, grab it, the kitty. If they grab it and you don't give it to them or whatever, they will just take it. I, in terms of this, I put nothing past Anybody, okay? Anybody can be a perpetrator and anybody can be a victim. And so I caution people who are like, oh, but this case is 24 years old. Why did she wait to come forward? I really hate that question when people ask that question because the countless um, sexual assault, rape victims that I've spoken to over the years, many of them never come forward. Many of them will never get to this stage where they can go to the police. They can file a report and they can move the process criminally forward. Others, there's a young man 
who alleges um, sexual abuse at the hands of um, someone connected to one of her MPs, very, very closely connected. And the brother would have been somehow complacent in it, helping to give these kids alcohol and plying them with liquor and taking photos and all this kind of stuff. When this young man decided he went abroad, came back, sometimes people have to go through years of therapy. He came back and decided to um, contact the police to pursue criminal charges. And he was told at that stage uh, for his situation that it was too late. And the, the thing is, I don't think that necessarily it was too late. I think it was more a question of what evidence do you have? Because now it's just your word against theirs. And in a lot of cases, that just isn't enough. Like I said, especially with jury trials. Um, and the court also looks, a judge will look for some form of corroborating evidence, even when it comes to child abuse, right? Um, like, did somebody else see something? Is there physical trauma to the child that can point to, yes, this child has had, you know, some sort of sexual contact? Um, you know, the child's memory about different locations and different events. And so... Listen, this lady is obviously an adult. She's got children of her own. I do not know and I can't speak to why she would have waited 24 years. But I think that there's a lot that has changed that could explain it. Um, she has lived overseas. You know, she's now back in the jurisdiction. Maybe her exposure to having lived overseas has given her courage because she's been removed from the individual. She's been removed from the political um, arena. You know, he is a powerful man. And there are a lot of people who are afraid of Mr. Bush and afraid of um, definitely going to the police about him. So that would not be anything unusual. Even the other women in the other case, I can tell you that the fear factor for them uh, is definitely there. And women need to have, women and men, need to be in a supportive environment when they decide to come forward about stuff like this. Because the victim will invariably be put through the ringer. You know, I already have people saying, oh, well, I know her and, and oh my God, you wouldn't want to be friends with her. She's not a good person. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, whether, whether I would want to be friends with her or not, whether she's a good person or not, um, you know, any, any of that stuff, like how does that matter to the allegations, right? Somebody can be a horrible person and still be a rape victim. So I think as a community, we have a long ways to go in understanding sexual assault, um, indecent assault, rape, and so on. And, um, you know, when we start to look at victims in this way, like, oh, let's look at her. You know, what kind of person is she? What does she wear? What does she look like? What's her attitude? Well, I don't like her personality, so therefore he didn't rape her? I'm like, what? That doesn't even make any sense, right? I wasn't there. Um, and I don't know what happened. I will wait to see the evidence in court. But do I believe that the allegations could be true? Yes. They're not outside the realm of possibility because of Mr. Bush and his own personality and the things that he have done in the past and quite frankly gotten away with. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, if you have acquired, what, what is that, that quote about eventually something becomes your character? You know, it starts with your thoughts. Um, your thoughts become your words. Oh my gosh, what is this one? This is such, but eventually it becomes your character and eventually it becomes your destiny, right? So you do something long enough. So it says your belief becomes your thoughts. 
Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values and your values become your destiny. We know his habits, the drinking and the touching and all this kind of stuff towards women, right? Is that his value system? Well, it seems to me that it very well could be and it's probably gonna end up being his destiny at the end of the day. Regardless of what this man has accomplished politically and all the good that he has done, what we, what we now know for certainty is that his reputation has been tarnished beyond belief. ABC News, Reuters has already picked up the story. AP Wire has already picked up the story. I mean, my God, it's such a disgrace for us as a people to have to be going through this. And I have to be quite honest with you, if I were Mr. Bush, I would voluntarily step down. But is he going to do that? No. He is the most defiant person in the world. He will stand steadfast, whether he's right or wrong or whatever, he will not be moved. Only God can move him. I keep warning y'all, sometimes you don't test God because God will move you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, we'll see where this case goes. Uh, it's obviously very interesting. It's a very serious allegation. It's not just indecent assault because indecent assault can be anything from touching to, you know, grabbing somebody by the kitty and all this kind of stuff. Rape, rape, folks, rape is a very, very serious allegation. And rape, if you're convicted, gets sent you to jail for 10 plus years. Okay? So this is shocking. Um, we'll hear the details, but I do feel, and I want to make this very, very clear, I don't believe, despite what my personal feelings are about the DPP's office, I don't think they're stupid. I think this file would have been, when you're dealing with someone like a McKeever Bush, you investigate, you give it to the head of the DPP's office, you have him make the ruling. You know, it's not in my case where anybody in the DPP's office can make a ruling because they like don't care, like, ah, eh, whatever. It's just Sandy. This is a sitting MP. This is a former premier of this country. This is a former leader of government business, right? The, the person who would have signed off on this file and reviewed this file would have been Mr. I don't even know what his name is, whoever the head of the DPP's office is now. And so in my mind, there has to be something more than he said, she said, in order for this to progress to charges. They've got to be some smoking gun that they got, honey child. And I don't know what the smoking gun is. I don't know if it's an apology letter. I don't know if it's like messages between the parties where he admits to it. You know, at some point, you know, people have these drunken moments where you message them and you're like, hey, Mr. Bush, why did you rape me? You're such a sick bastard or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. I was just having a hard time and decided to rape you back in January of 1999 or whatever. Like, I feel like there's something, like, I feel like there's really something here. We'll all know as the case starts to unfold. Of course, we know Mr. Bush is going to plead not guilty. I don't expect um, anything different from him, to be quite honest. And I also um, don't expect that he... I, I suspect he will do a jury trial again, and he's going to prolong this process for as long as possible. They will undoubtedly come for the alleged victim. They will attack her, and uh, she has to prepare herself for that as well, just like they did with the last lady with the assault case. Um, you know, her her reputation came under attack. Oh, she was anti-Caymanian. She was stealing money. I mean, I heard so many different things about that poor woman. And I said, even if all of that was true, let's just assume that it's, it's true for the sake of argument. 
how does that justify you dragging a woman by her hair and beating the shit out of her and giving her bruises and all kind of stuff? Like, you know, I think as Caribbean women uh, and men, we have a long ways to go when it comes to justifying the bad behavior of people that we like. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, all I can tell y'all is stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, with the current case, those two women are, uh, for the most part, above reproach, which makes it more difficult when a woman has has maintained a good reputation her entire life. It's so sad that we even have to think in terms of this, right? Somehow that strengthens her case. Um, listen to me. It, it shouldn't even it shouldn't even be about that. Because those women are very, very brave to come forward and to press charges. Because you know what? There was a female MP who was at that, at that same event at the Ritz-Carlton that night, that he was grabbing her and being a little too touchy-feely with her as well. And she's not doing a damn thing about it. And she's an MP. We have got to stand with women in this community. As a sitting MP, you have an obligation to other women to set an example that this behavior should not be tolerated. And that yes, if someone does this to you, this is a criminal act. People should not be putting hands on you like that. It's unwanted, right? And I would have loved to have seen her stood up to Mr. Bush and decided to press forward. Instead, especially women of a particular age over 50, they all seem to be like, oh, well, you know, that's just how he is. Yeah, he can bite me in the boob and oh God, that's just how he is, you know. Yeah, he got a problem. Y'all got to talk about it over dinner, drinks and whatever, but you're not going to take the next step to actually say, Mr. Bush, you need to stop this. And this is a criminal act and I'm going to work with the police and, and prosecute you. So it's one of the reasons why he's gotten away with it for so long. So it's really, really egregious. There were other women there, other civil servants there that he was getting touchy-feely with. None of them had the balls, really, the testicular fortitude to pursue this. Only two women did, and two women were not the only ones who were victimized that night. So I take my hats off to them, and I think that it takes a lot for a victim or alleged victim to come forward and to be prepared to be judged by a community like this and to stand up and tell their story of assault, of a rape, of indecent assault, whatever the allegations are. Uh, especially because we all know he, again, is gonna go for jury trial. He does that on purpose. One of the reasons he does it, folks, is that he's hopeful he's that by hopeful. going with a jury trial, you will not have the um, the like strength to face those people and to go through it. All I can tell you is if he did this to you and if you are a victim, um, please, the, the, the community will, will support you. Some people may not, but you have got to stand by your truth and let this go through the system and tell your story. Um, police and the DPB's office, you know, let's see what evidence you have. But if this really happened and this man has been able to get away with it for 24 years, allow him to continue to get away with this to me is a grave injustice. And so there is no time limit on when someone should be accountable for rape and for abuse and so on. That's, that's what I have to say on it. Let me read some of your comments. Leroy says, every time Trump has a case, so does Makiva. Well, they might have very similar personalities. Um, we've not talked about the Trump situation yet on the show. Maybe next week we'll find some time for it. But, you know, again, th this, this flagrant attitude of somebody like a Donald Trump, this man actually, there's a recording of him, and this is going to be his downfall, recording in his own words where he says, oh, he knows he hasn't declassified these documents, but who cares? 
You know, he's a former president of the United States. He can do whatever he wants. It's that kind of attitude. You know, these men and women get enamored with power and they believe that they are untouchable and they believe they can do and say anything that they want. How many charges does Trump has against him? Like, is it 13 or 30? Some, some, some ridiculous number of charges. I mean, that's unheard of for a former president of the United States of America. And once again, same personality type, defiant until the end, right? Most people would run and hide in a little hole, not him. He's out there campaigning, um, drumming up lots of support, lots of donations to run for public office again. And this man could potentially be headed to jail. So um, it's just shocking the way I think that some people approach life and how they, they see the world. And, you know, if the world has given them enough passes, I guess um, it is what it is. Uh, good morning. Well, I'm on air. I don't know if this person realizes it. Good morning, Miss Olive. Um, Natasha says, is there no law or regulation that would allow you to move an MP in any circumstances? Um, death, they would be removed if he died in office. And also he would be removed if, um, if he, oh, this person says, good morning. The wicked thing, Mr. Bush, do a give people status who never come to Cayman. They should uh, lock him and hide the keys. Well, I mean, yes, but that's not <laughs> part of these allegations. Um, but yeah, so short of um, Denny, a constitutional expert might want to help me out here, but short of death and him actually being sentenced to jail, I don't think that there's much which would vacate his seat because obviously you can't have an MP sitting in jail and trying to run his constituency or whatever. So I don't think there's much else that could trigger um, removing him from office. So those would trigger a by-election and then there'd be, his seat would be up for grabs. So Alejandro says, that's a very interesting lifestyle. Good morning to Kim and detailing. Jim says, question, why after 24 years he would be arrested now? Was more evidence brought forth? I think some people don't understand an arrest after all these years and the reason for some of the displeasure of the now arrest. Well, I hope I have given some insight into that. I don't think the allegation was ever made before. So the victim has just, um, was it last year or earlier this year, has come forward to the police. I don't want to say too much about the victim because although a lot of people already know who she is, I don't necessarily want to disclose that. But like I said, she was overseas. So maybe that has somehow changed her perspective on life, uh, given her the courage, being separated from the Cayman community for a minute, to um, now stand in her truth. But I want to be very, very clear about something here. It is not unusual for sexual assault victims to wait a very, very long time before being able to talk about it, much less do something about it. For example, a couple, maybe a month or so ago, I was talking about Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields, for the first time in her life, and you have to understand the dynamics of where a person is at when they are sexually, when they are raped or molested or whatever. For the first time in her life, this woman has been above reproach, 
no scandal had really followed her in her adult life. You know, she was a little bit controversial as a kid and teen in the movies that her mom allowed her to do. But she was uh, the victim of rape 30 years ago. And she's never talked about it. She's never disclosed it. And she said it's just after decades of therapy that she's even at the stage now where she can. So I think unless you've been a rape victim, I have never been a rape victim. So I can only talk to you from the perspective of what victims have said to me and through my research, what I have found to be the case. But I think it's diff it is difficult to understand unless you're in the situation, how the brain processes that type of trauma and that you may never be able to talk about it or it could take you 20, 25, 10, 15, five. Everyone has to process it in their own way. It can take you a lifetime to even come to the point where you can say, hashtag, I'm a rape victim, right? And I want to do something about it. I want to go to the police. And that whole process of going to the police means that you have to relive it. You have to sit down and, and be questioned by people, tell your story. I mean, it is traumatic to have to go through that. And so I don't know specifically why this particular individual would have waited, um, but I would say that it's not unusual. It is very, very common. It's more common than not for victims to wait. It explains the cases like R. Kelly. It explains the cases like Bill Cosby. And when you have it be men of power and position, it's even worse. It's understandable right? From a logical perspective, why victims would not come forward. Who was going to believe her 24 years ago? Let me ask you that question, Jim. Who was going to believe her 24 years ago? You're more likely to believe her now because Mr. Bush has gone through, you know, quite a few things that have all made us question, you know, now we all know he has a problem with alcohol and all this kind of stuff. 24 years ago, would you have believed her? Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Morning, my dear. Hello. Yes, morning. Morning. Well, I'm saying after 20 odd years, but how would they have any evidence for that? Because the, if that wasn't reported when it happened, then what evidence was brought for the thousand DNA and all this? Well, this is, this is why I'm speculating. This is just me speculating. I would think it would be for the yeah, well, I don't, I don't believe that they would pursue the, that type of a case in a situation like this. I think they have something else and possibly some sort yes, of a confession me, or conversation. Me, all that I was, I, and, it, yeah, and I would say nothing, I would die with that. I, I mean, I don't know if I would tell it to my parents or whatever, but mm -hmm. to me, this would make sense. I think it's all political, to be honest with you. That's what it is. It's the same thing as Donald Trump. Since they mentioned in Trump now, it's the same thing. But if Trump runs, Trump by win. Because he said they even got an ample bracelet on him because if it were me. But I think they probably did it for money. And then, I don't know. I don't understand this. this, this, this the law wrong well, thinks to me. You, this, this, is, this is the thing I would say, right? You might not understand it. Um, but I think at the end of the and day... people don't if, understand it. You, know I mean? you, you had to hear the people that were talking about that yesterday. That after that, oh, what we, they were saying 23 years, but it's 24. It is even a year older than the year that we in. Come on. And then go oh, going away. But then that's why I wouldn't say nothing because I ran away and come back. 
Yeah, but like I like I said, I think that unless I think but unless you have me, been a victim, and and this is where we need to have more conversations with victims because I've I've even had victims say to me, right? There's a young lady here. She's actually Canadian, but she works in a government position. She said to me that as a child, she was sexually um, molested by a family friend, and she she can somebody. she can never she can never I'm bring herself. I I would I would have thought about it. I wouldn't wait at all at this time because if I. This but every everybody everybody's different, and I and I think unless you've been true, through that's it. That's why it's a different folk for different folks. Yeah. But I I think it's a lie. I don't think it is true. I don't believe it. Only God could come now and tell me it's true. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I I think that I think that that's I think that's unfortunate because um, well, Makiva's behavior well, has demonstrated that he's capable. But it's not once. Um, it's not once. But is it? But is it? No, 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 no. But hold on, hold on, caller. Is this a one-off situation with Makiva Bush being disrespectful towards women and no, grabbing women? No, no, so then why and would you not think it's possible? No, 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 no. This isn't about perfection. You just said if you suck, if if somebody suck egg once, whatever. This is a habitual thing with this man. This isn't a one-off situation. Yeah. So if, if you if you were to just believe it or not, based on we all think different. We both Leos, but we think different. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I try to think about things. Uh, thank you, caller. I appreciate your comments. You know, I I try to think about things from a logical perspective. Even using the same thing that the caller said, like look at the person's record, right? Look at the person's behavior. And this isn't a one-off situation. This isn't the first time that this type of allegation has been made. I mean, formally, yes. But if you listen to the streets, you hear young boys talk about being offered money for sexual favors and to do this and do that. If y'all are so connected to, to what happens in this community, you've heard these stories before and this, should be a, this shouldn't be surprising to you, right? So on that basis alone, if you're going to use the, thing, the theory of, well, you know, you know, a person's habitual behavior, this fits right in with his habitual behavior. And there are people, like I said, who are very, 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 very close to Mr. Bush in his inner circle that I spoke to just yesterday. And those people said to me, those of y'all talking about, oh, you're talking about, you're not even in his inner circle. You haven't seen some of the stuff that Mr. Bush has been up to over the years, right? So you don't know what you don't know. Don't defend people because you don't know what you don't know. These people have traveled with Mr. Bush. They've been, they've seen him at his worst when he's slopping, he's drunk, and they're trying to pull him out of a situation to prevent more charges coming. They said, Sandy, they have spoken to the victim. They've heard the story and they said, believe me, I believe her. And to me, that really struck a chord because these people know Mr. Bush like the back of their hand. I don't know Mr. Bush like that. I'm not out in these streets with him. I've never sat down and even really broken bread with Mr. Bush. I've never had a drink with him. I'm not in that, nowhere near that circle. But there are people who are, who spent the better half of 30 years since he's been political office, batting for this man and being there for him. And when they're speaking honestly about the situation, they themselves are saying, hmm, I believe her. And I do not believe that this is going to be a she said, he said type of situation. I believe that they have more. And like I said, I don't know what the more is. 
I don't know if it's a confession. I don't know if it's a half-ass apology. I don't know what it is. And, and when you, like I said, I don't want to get too much into who the victim is, but there are other things that now make sense to me, even about how he engages with the victim's family members and maybe assisting them during difficult financial times, et cetera, that might lead me to believe that, hmm, could this all be connected? Could the reason why he was helping you out financially be because you're related to the victim? And this has been something that has been on his conscience all of this time. I mean, if he has a conscience. So um, I don't know. You know, we try to make sense of it and we'll make more sense of it once the trial starts. But I would say to you all, don't be so quick to judge people just because they have waited. It takes a lot, you know, to come forward. And to say that you would go to your grave with this since you've kept it this long, that's because you've never been raped. You don't know the psychological damage that something like that does. And every rape victim is different. Some rape victims, like the one with in the Renato case, right? She waited, but it wasn't years that she waited, but she did wait. And even that, even his lawyers were like, well, why did you wait this amount of time? It's like, what? It, 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 it almost doesn't matter what a victim does. I think as a community, we are always going to be questioning um, victims about their decision. Well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why were you wearing this? And why weren't you wearing that? We always put an undue burden on the victim, but it's not about the victim. It's about the perpetrators. And to me, this is as someone who continues to fight for, especially children, but just victims in general of sexual abuse and molestation and rape. This is one of the biggest things, the concept of victim blaming. And we don't even get how sometimes these questions are a form of victim blaming, right? Um, it is, it, it's a thing, you know? And I think we need to educate ourselves more. We need to have more open and frank conversations. That's why when I brought on that young lady who was actually assaulted by, um, you know, Renato, that was the first time I think ever in Cayman that a rape victim has publicly spoken about her ordeal. And I wish that more uh, rape victims would come forward, although I know how incredibly difficult it is. Even for her, she's like, you know, she lost friends in Cayman. People were judging her. People were saying stuff about her. And she's not even a part of the Cayman community. So you can imagine that if you are a person who is a Caymanian and you go up against a Makiba Bush, you know what people are going to be saying about you. You know the accusations and the digging up in your life that you know, people are going to be making. So the victims are re-traumatized. And so they have to prepare themselves for that. How many of you can honestly say that you would endure rape, go through all of that, and then turn around and subject yourself to being re-victimized, not just by one person, but by an entire community of people? Oh, well, we all know who she is. Now we're digging up in her life and we're talking about her. And oh, she now got a man and she now got this and that. And then it, I'm, it's like, really? But this is what you have to prepare yourself for as a rape victim. And maybe it took her 24 years to prepare herself for that. But again, it is not unusual for rape victims to wait a long time. And unless you've been a victim, you cannot speak to why it is that they're waiting. Um, I only can speak to it from the perspective of what some of them have shared and what they have said. But, you know, I'm constantly 
searching for victims. I just sent two victims actually this link because I'm constantly searching for victims to come forward, to speak their truth and to try to explain to people what, why things might happen a particular way. And we might all think, well, that's illogical or that's this or that's this. Maybe if the victims themselves explain it, we as a community can be more sympathetic. Um, Jim says, people are just trying to understand. And thankfully you're here, Sandy, to explain to the best of your abilities. I mean, I'm trying. And I think that unfortunately, you know, a lot, I know a lot of victims are actually listening this morning. I've had some already message me and they're like, you know, this is why they've never come forward. But maybe in five or 10 years, they'll be in a position where they feel like they can come forward. Um, so Alejandro says, yes, so true. A few people out there forgive and forget to not hold grudges, but I bet you can trust, but I bet you, you can get trust from the victims again. I mean, obviously you can't get trust from the victims again. Um, Leroy says, sounds like some Bill Cosby BS. Well, I don't know that the Bill Cosby situation is BS. I think Bill Cosby is a predator. If y'all would go and read the, um, the, what's the legal document called? The, um, oh, Help me out here with this. It begins with D. Um, anyway, it's like disclosure in the civil case. He admitted to drugging women. Why do you think this man was settling cases privately and paying people off for years? Because everything these women have said about him is true. Now, not every victim that has come forward, all 50-something of them, um, have necessarily um, you know, been a victim. I'm not saying that either. There might be one person uh, it's very unusual for people to make false um, accusations, but it's not impossible. It's not unheard of. So there might be one person out of the 50 that isn't telling the truth, just trying to ride this wave, right, and get a quick paycheck. But Bill Cosby has paid off dozens of women over the years. The, um, oh, it was just on the tip of my tongue. Oh, what's that legal document called in the States? Disclosure, not disclosure. But anyway, oh, it'll come to me. So that that's actually a publicly available document. Y'all can go and read it. This man has admitted to drugging women and having sex with them. That's called rape. That's not romance. I don't know, y'all confusing your R words, okay? When you drug someone to, to have sex with them, that is rape because the person has no ability to consent. And he's admitted to that. So I don't know who y'all be discovery. Is it discovery? Um, but anyway, it, it's in a, in a document. I'll see if I can find it and share the link. Bill Cosby has admitted to it. He's a rapist. Why y'all defending this man? Oh, I know why. Because he's likable. Once again, America's dad. You know? Um, and so because he's likable and he's a jokester and whatever, this excuses his bad behavior. No, it doesn't. He's still a rapist. Rapists can be likable people. They can be comedians. They can be pastors in your church that otherwise for the fact that they're rapists or child molester, they're okay people. But that does not change the fact that he's a rapist. So, you know, I don't know. Y'all just, just, just be defending some foolishness um, that I can't even understand. Uh, this person says, um, this call is very ignorant and is part of the problem. Um, they like the status grants and gifts. Um, let me just see here. Mm -hmm. Discovery. Is it Discovery? I can't even remember. 
<clears throat> I'll have to, I'll have to get, it might be discovery. Uh, someone said that I hope it's not a child in, in the Makiba Bush situation. Um, no, I think she would have been, I mean, I'd have to sit down and figure out the numbers in terms of her age, but I think she would have been an adult. Uh, so someone says a leopard cannot change its stripes is a traditional saying that refers to a person's bad personality or character that cannot be changed, even if that person pretends to change. The given uh, saying, a leopard cannot change its spots, was de derived from the Old Testament of the Bible. Um, hi, hey, Miss Sandy, don't mention my name, but I was just told, um, I was just told they heard someone. Okay, so that's coming up. Yep, that happened last night. Okay, I was trying to make sense of that one. All right. Um, let me see here. Okay. Let's just see. What are the comments are coming in? Of course, phone lines are open. Uh, Jim says, and yes, it can take years for victims to stand up and speak out. And then there's some that never do. And sometimes your subconscious buries pain and comes up due to a trigger. And that's something else. I'm glad you said that, Jim, because we assume that the entire time the victim has been processing um, the situation, right? Um, and that may or may not be the case. There are times when it is something that is deeply hidden, so much so that it becomes a repressed memory. And then something happens to the individual that brings it to the forefront. So it's not even something that the victim was on a conscious level able to deal with. So I'm glad Jim said that because we don't, we don't know in this case why the victim waited but that is also a distinct possibility. So Aliano says, please, if you take it by force, what quality is it to be appreciated versus given freely by the means of appropriation? Men don't, men don't get me too. I'm not sure I understand that, Aliano. Um, say what? I don't understand that. Uh, Aliano is saying that rape victims should, should not go to the police first, best check a doctor, and allow that doctor to call a report. Again, I think y'all are, I don't know. Obviously, y'all have not spoken to rape victims. Um, the first thing normally that a rape victim wants to do is to wash off the filthiness of what has just happened to them. And it's unfortunate because a lot of times that will destroy evidence if there is any. Um, you know, back in those days, 24 years ago, DNA evidence was probably still very much in its infancy. I think it was somewhat around. But, you know, what evidence would there have been? Um, and there's not always as much physical evidence that you think that a rape has occurred. And that doesn't mean that a rape hasn't occurred. Yeah. But I mean, you guys are thinking, I think, in a different way than a victim would think. Once it's happened to you, you're not thinking, oh, yes, well, let me call my doctor right now, make an appointment. And, you know, most women are just in the shower on the floor crying and trying to 
wash off the dirtiness of some filthy old bastard that just raped them in a drunken stupor moment and whatever. So um, I don't know. Um, Miss Morna, come on now. Are you serious? She says the fridge you got the first time not working now, maybe that was a second hand fridge laughing out loud, just saying, Miss Morna, let me tell you something. Please don't say things like that on this show. Because that is so disrespectful, disrespectful. Miss Morna, as a mother who yourself has had to deal with someone victimizing one of your loved ones, I'm very, very shocked and surprised that you would say something like that. That's disappointing. That is heartbreaking and disappointing. This is what, whatever it is that you guys might think about the victim, where the truth lies. This isn't something to joke about in any way, shape or form. And I would really implore y'all to think about if this was your family member, if this was you, or if this was your loved one. That's, that, is, that is not even funny. That's absolutely disgusting. I mean, really? Ms. Carla says exactly, Sandy. Some of us have never told anyone. Mm -mm. And she goes on to say, victim blaming, wow. And you see, this is another reason why so many victims don't come forward because of this type of rhetoric and these types of comments. This isn't, this isn't something to joke about. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. If I were this rape victim and somebody said that to me, I'd box you in the effing mouth. Straight up. This is, this is not a joke. And it's one of the reasons that victims have such a hard time even coming forward. Because people think, oh, this is funny. This is a joke. You know, it, it's, just, it's just disgusting. It's disgusting that we are in 2023. And there are people who are still thinking that way. You, you won't even give the victim the benefit of the doubt. Because if she was raped, yeah? You imagine how reading these comments and listening to people like this and this community talk about you like that? You imagine how that must feel? Like I said, you're a mother who's been through something with someone close to you, right? I'm not trying to dredge anything up, but I'm just trying to say, you of all people should be sympathetic. Wow, I'm really, some, sometimes y'all really, really shock and surprise me and disgust me all at the same time. Unbelievable. Al Ray says, I woulda, coulda, shoulda. And that's exactly it. You know, we can, we can all look back 24 years and be like, oh, well, I could have done this and I should have done this and you should have done that. It's easy. Uh, Joan says, why do people keep talking over each other and not listen? Hmm. Uh, Carla says, if I were you or your child or grandchild, how would you feel, caller? <sighs> Lord have mercy. Um, Kevron says, so strange how women, mostly religious, jump to the defense of the rapists and pedos on this island. <laughs> it is beyond um, strange, Kevron, and it's one of the reasons why I have no respect for them because they want to cloak up in church and, and put on their finest crock and, and shoes and frock, my apologies, 
and go to church. And yet, you know, even the church pastors up in church talking about, oh, give Mr. Bush a break and this and that. Who don't know Mr. Bush's reputation in this community don't want to know? Y'all walk around with your head in the sand. Right? And yes, it does. It, it's, it is shocking even more, Kevron, that these are the same people who be up in church talking about they're Christians and want to praise the Lord. The Lord would never stand for this kind of foolishness. It, it, it just, it boggles my mind. Moya says it is very understandable that it took the victim this long. Back then, um, patients were not very good with parents, sorry, were not very good with educating their children on sexual predators, molestation, or rape. Even now, Moya, even now we live in communities where as a victim, you're better off remaining silent is what a lot of victims, you know, believe. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, it, 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 listen, I think about it, right? What if in today's world, um, somehow McKeever Bush grabbed a hold of me and sexually assaulted me? Would you guys believe me? Or you guys would be like, well, I don't know, boy, Sandy, she, she talked too much. She had this, she had that. You know, I'm just like, what? The excuses that you all would find to excuse this man's behavior, right? I don't know how I would respond in a situation like this, but I can tell you one thing, how I feel about it, although I'm not a victim and I'm not in the situation, is that I would personally castrate him myself. That's how angry it makes me. But again, I know that once you're a victim and once this has happened to you, how you think in your head you would react is not necessarily how you're going to react. And you guys need to remember that. But you see, this is exactly why Mr. Bush is going to pick a jury of his peers because he gets enough church people and that jury, no matter what the evidence says, y'all going to make this man walk. But everybody going to have a day of reckoning, you know. And trust me, one way or another, his day of reckoning is coming. Oh, he's going to go for jury trial because he's going to want Miss Morna sitting as the chairman of the foreman of the, of the jury saying, oh, well, what is she getting out of this? Hmm, I don't know if he really raped her. If she got a refrigerator, then it's not rape. Tracy says, what message does this send to the young and children when they fall victim? Deposition. That's what I'm looking for, Jim. Thank you. So go and look up, Google it, deposition of, um, what's his name again? Bill Cosby. You'll see the man has admitted to drugging women. That's the, that's the multi-million dollar case that he settled with the woman who's now the, the um, professor. The man is a horrible person, and he is a multi-person rapist, a serial rapist. Bill Cosby? I don't have no respect for him. Y'all just don't want to admit it. Oh, he's popular. Um, another one is, uh, what's his name? Michael, what, 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 well, Michael Thriller and whatever. What his name is again? Michael whatever. Child molester. Y'all just don't want to believe it. An interesting development with that case actually is um, they're actually going to have a trial post-death. I've never heard of such a thing before where they're going to put evidence before a court and one of his, um, for one of his victims. Well, Michael's last name is again. Oh, Lord, Michael. Oh, Lord, I can't remember. Y'all know who I'm talking about, though. 
Um, he is R. Kelly. Yes, they're all pedophiles and, and rapists. And look at, how, look at how long R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, thank you, Lord, I couldn't remember his name. Look at how long it took R. Kelly to finally be convicted. A jury let him go before they saw the video of him. Let me tell you all how sick communities are and how much y'all placate rapists and child molesters. A jury saw him urinating on a young girl during sexual acts and they still allowed him to walk. Why? Because he went behind the scenes and paid off the child's family. So because legally the jury could not say, and because the victim wouldn't say that was me in that video, they're like, well, you know, she's underdeveloped, but maybe she really is above the age of 18 or whatever. We can't say that it's this victim. So they were unable to convict him. And so he was able to continue for another 20 something years. So you see what happens when, when they bring cases and sometimes when victims get come forward, their families get paid off. Y'all need to understand the realities of what's going on here. And the cycle of abuse is continuing with other victims. How many people in the 20 something years that R. Kelly was able to continue? Do you think how many additional victims he had? People that worked for him were going out there soliciting young girls, going to high schools, right? Middle schools, 12, 13 years old and finding victims for him. Y'all are just as bad as the perpetrators. Seriously. Um, Aliano says, when you read old comments, it will come without context. Read it in a moment. Well, we're behind, obviously, and there's a lot of um, comments coming in. So I'm just trying to get caught up. Um, Alejandro says, this is a very informative show. Let's be real. If she was raped, there's force, forceful signs, submissive people maybe need to be, need to see a counselor. Why do you think that there's forceful signs? That That is completely wrong. That's not... That's not how it happens at all, Alejandro. It's obvious to me that we need more education on this topic because a woman can be raped and there's no signs of injury at all. That doesn't mean that she wasn't raped. My God, are we this far behind in our understanding on this? Wow, I didn't think we were that far behind, but it seems like we may be. Chloe says, and this is why victims never come forward, because they listen to the elder. Even their parents make stupid comments. Oh, my God. Bonnie says, sometimes it's best to keep quiet. God is a rightful judge. You see? Keep quiet who? The victim? No, no, no. Oh, Norma's comment was comment that was in response to a comment by someone asking for a fridge. Again, this I don't know who asked for the fridge, but let me tell you all something now. This is not something to joke about in any way, shape, or form. Rena says, comments like that is why rape victims don't speak out. Disgusting comment. Oh, girl, somebody, um, Leroy was asking about a fridge. Come on, y'all. Y'all need to stop it. Paula says, no one believes you. Even if you um, are a child, no one believes. Can you imagine, Paula? Isn't that horrific? Uh, Mona says, I know a young lady that was raped over 30 years ago. 
and she did not report it, still trying to cope and forget. Yes, this can happen. People can take years to come public. And like I said, most of them never do. So I want y'all to be very, very clear. Dalian says, remember it's an allegation. Don't bash someone because of allegation. That can happen to any of our young men. And if it can't be proven, then it's not the case. Well, let me be very, very clear. Just because it can't be proven doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right? How many rape cases literally come down to his word against hers? That can't be proven. So you're trying to say it never happened? Surely that's not the case. It is unusual when nobody else is there and there doesn't have to be physical trauma to the victim. It is unusual for you to have independent corroborating evidence. How many circumstances can you think of where somebody was raped and how are you going to prove it? It does come down to the victim's word. And you think because the victim says it happened and he said it didn't happen and you don't have any independent evidence of that, that automatically the victim is the one who's lying? When in the grand scheme of things, thank you, Ms. Morna, for clarifying this because I was, Leroy, don't be joking on this show about this. That, that's nothing to joke about. And this isn't about hating on men. This is about some men have always felt like they can do whatever they want and there will be no consequences for their actions. Like I said, we will also sit back and we will see what the evidence is, what the prosecution has, and we will certainly make a decision then. What I'm saying at this early stage is, is it possible? Yes. It's not outside the realm of possibility, not at all. It's more possible and more probable than not, is my point. When you look at the history of Mr. Bush's behavior. Now, like I said, we're going to wait. We're going to see the evidence that the DPP has. This person says the level of ignorant comments from these people is baffling. <laughs> it is baffling, but it's not entirely surprising. And that's another reason why victims are not coming forward. We have a long ways to go, even more than other communities and cultures when it comes to this topic. Amanda says, I think Ms. Morna deserves an apology. She was actually talking to someone that made a comment about her refrigerator. Ms. Morna, I read your comment. Like I said, I don't see them as they're connected to other comments. But don't engage. If Leroy is doing that, Leroy is about to get his behind blocked. Do not engage in stupidity on this program when we're talking about such a serious topic. Don't engage with Leroy. That's, his comment isn't funny. And engaging with him makes other people think that somehow you think it's funny. Right? This has nothing to do with refrigerators, gifts, or anything else. And anyone who thinks that this is the time to make a joke in the comment section needs to have their heads checked. Because this, this is not, it's not a funny topic. Oh, my God. Liana says, what the Cayman Islands government needs to do is to pass a law towards murders, rapists, drug, and human traffickers, a death row sentence, or life sentence of 50 years, like how Jamaica have their law, 
that all sentences should be fully paid. In other words, no discount for um, good behavior and so on. Because you know you all get, you only serve 60% of your sentence in the Cayman Islands. Mm -mm. Uh, Rosedale says money talks, Sandy. I don't know. Yes, Alejandro, rape is rape. There's no two ways about that. But it seems like people confuse about rape, what rape is. Leanna says because a child molester um, and rapists are given like four months. Without a doubt, we need some stiffer sentences. Vin says 20 years ago, money was running things and people with money like to be naughty and people who love money let them get away with things until it runs out. Well, again, I mean, I don't know what the situation is here, but I mean, 20 years ago, going up against Mr. Bush, you would have never been believed. Let me be very, very honest here. We're talking about the ignorant comments in the section and the comment section this morning from 24 years ago. Imagine if she had stood up then. You guys would have buried this girl. She's probably in her early 20s. You guys would have buried her. Nobody would have ever believed her. Her life would have been over. Look at us, 24 years later, still making stupid and ridiculous comments. Yeah? Imagine, 24 years ago, where, where was he in his political career? He was at the top of the food chain. He's not at the top of the food chain anymore. So that, that could explain in part you know, why she even has come forward now, because she thinks that there's a possibility that she might actually get justice. 24 years ago, hell no. Uh-uh. Y'all would have been like, oh, Leroy has apologized. Leroy, I will accept your apology. Just don't make it happen again. Y'all need to be very, very clear. There are certain topics that when I talk about, I don't joke about them. I don't think they're funny. Anything around rape, sexual assault, molestation of adults or children, I don't want any jokes in the comment section because it's too hard already for victims. And like I said, if you look at the numbers, one in four people on this program, we have over 400 people. You do the math. One in four of them has been a victim in their lifetime. One in four. There's a lot of victims in this program right now listening to this and reading your comments. Rena says we can't have death row because we rule by the UK and they've abolished it, unfortunately. Uh, Haley, good morning. Uh, she says people laugh and say, oh, she probably asked for it. You know, and again, these are this is some of the ignorant behavior um, that we have to we're having to constantly fight against. I don't know. Alejandro says sixty percent are under good behavior. Under good behavior. Ugh, Bink says exactly. Siobhan says, "Can we talk about what you said happened last night?" Well, we can talk about it. There's not much to say at this point, Siobhan other than a man has allegedly taken his own life. What else do you want to know? I mean, you know, people are stressed out by a lot of things in life. Uh, someone is alleged to have committed suicide down by Barefoot Beach. That's as much as we can say. Unfortunately, we don't know anything else. Paula says, I was only five when it um, up and the other did not believe. Wow, Paula, you're only five years old? My God, I'm so sorry to hear that. But thank you this morning for even sharing that, for having the courage to come forward and share that. 
because, you know, I can only imagine what it just took for you to even admit that you are a victim, listening to some of the ignorance in the comments here. And I don't know if you've ever shared that with anybody before, if you've ever, you know, tried to get justice for yourself, but chances are not, because again, most victims do not. Ashley says, this is absolutely disgusting. The Cayman government has always defended the abuser. Hmm. Um, Tina says, has anyone noticed actor Kevin Spacey is on trial in the UK for 12 counts of sexual assault? Think that they're all men. Oh, I knew that there was an allegation against him, but to be honest, I hadn't even really been following that. Wow. 12 counts. You know, in the Caribbean, we say you can get away with stuff for a long time, but sometimes a day of reckoning comes. Uh, John LaRue says, please limit Alejandro to six comments a day. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even. Um, Kara says, people just want to know who he, what? who he was, mind and a business and respect the family. Oh, regarding the suicide. Well, that's such a sad situation. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, uh, if you're struggling with something, you're doing something, folks, please get help. Um, you know, don't don't do it. Is all I can say. I mean, you leave behind a lot of trauma for people. Johan says, sadly, came out as a society full of cover-ups, big financial influencers, payoffs, bribes, corruption abuse of office by elected and non-elected leaders and the sliding scales of accountability subject to who you know plus who you're for. Ah, hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, what a mess. Um, Cara says, I would like to line up every rapist and abuser and, yep, I'd be right there supporting you, Cara, trust me. Um, what, what's in the dark must come to light, says Gabby. Dean says, not that it matters, but is this woman a Caymanian in the Makiva case? Well, Dean, you said it doesn't matter. So why, why, why ask the question if it really doesn't matter? But yes, she is. But how does that matter? Would, would we be giving her less of a pass if she was a foreign woman, which I know the answer to that is yes. Because then y'all be like, oh yeah, there's just some expat trying to take down Makiva Bush. Just like in the last abuse case, it was some expat trying to take down Makiva Bush. Oh, y'all gonna make this white Canadian woman, Asian woman, whatever. I'm go up against Makiba Bush. He's a Caymanian, you know. This, this is the ignorance that we fight every single day. So, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. But she is. The other two women in the other case that's ongoing right now are also Caymanian women. Does it matter? No. Except this man has no regard for whether they're Caymanians or not. Yeah, he'll do it to his own and he'll do it to, to foreigners too. Y'all think you get a pass because you're a Caymanian? He's not going to rape you because you're a Caymanian? He's not going to grab you by the bubbies and bite you because you're a Caymanian? Hmm. It don't make no difference to him. Once you're a woman with a vajayjay, here comes this man. Well, let me, let me, let me fix that statement because that's not entirely true. You don't have to be a woman. Never mind. Let me just leave it there. Never mind. Let's, let's just leave it there. Because those young boys talk about those BJs. Yeah, they're not women. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Leave it right where it is. Carla uh, says, many people say, why don't you tell someone? Well, sometimes the fear of what that person will do to you 
if you uh, if they're exposed, stops you from reporting them. He was a bully. Everyone was afraid of him. Right now, there's another sitting MP that has been accused of rape. And I can tell you that his victim has reached out to me on numerous occasions. She's a civil servant. She's afraid. She will not speak up. Right? She's telling me about it, but she won't speak up. She, I mean, speak up in the sense that she's, she's not going to go because she's still afraid of this person. He's a minister, for God's sake. And I say to her, again, y'all going to be like, well, what evidence does she have? I say to her, girl, I don't know what to tell you. Go, go talk to people. Talk to the premier. I know he probably can't do anything about it, but there is something worthwhile in knowing that that person is a rapist and that that person is a predator. And the more people in the community know, even if they don't get justice through a court of law, maybe other victims will know to stay away from that person. Haley says people don't know the strength that it takes to come forward and to have people say these hurtful and uneducated comments doesn't make it any easier. Victims are bashed and told that they make a big deal of it when then what happens to the next woman and the one after that? Exactly. Rena um, says laws can't change unless we go independent. The UK ultimately sets what we can put into law, especially after we signed off on the constitution. Well, maybe not the death penalty, Rena, but one thing that we can do is we can increase the sentences. So let's not pass the buck entirely. Let's not blame the UK entirely. We might not be able to enforce a death penalty, but we can make sure that they never get out of jail again. Not alive anyway, that when they come out, they'll be coming out of the box. So we can give them a life sentence. Yeah. So we can give them 30 years for, for rape and so on. So um, that is definitely something to think about. Let me switch to the WhatsApp comments. This person says, um, good morning. Unfortunately, sometimes people with severe depression must up the will to commit suicide when they are medicated. It's a very sad and paradoxical outcome. Um, and I, I am aware of that and I've heard of that happening before. Um, somebody else says, let's not forget Jeffrey Epstein, Prince Andrew. The church was behind the Webster man, even though the video evidence showed that he was doing what he was doing to that poor child. Oh, yes. Oh, God, that's one that really got under my skin. And then he was blaming everything else. Oh, his blood pressure medication was mixed with, um, what did he say? Orange juice or was it orange juice or grapefruit juice? Some foolishness. And the wife mixed it. Not even that he mixed it himself. The wife mixed it, so therefore it was her fault. But guess what? His wife and daughter and children still supported um, Arrington Webster as he was masturbating in front of a child and begging her to do more. That, those are sexual predators that we have around the place. And you had irrefutable evidence, a video. The child recorded it. And what did y'all do? Y'all still tore that child apart. A child, oh, she's this and she's that and she too fast. I was, my mind, if it was possible for my mind to literally explode during that case and the video that was circulating widely in social media, my mind would have exploded at what y'all were saying about a child. Here's a big 50-something year old man or even older and y'all are finding some way to blame a child Huh? 
when he was begging the child to do more, and it was a child who was saying, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to. Y'all wasn't giving her credit for that. And you don't know how long this child had been groomed for with presents and new phone and all kind of stuff. That man is a horrible, disgusting POS. And he should still be in jail and never see the, the time, uh, see the day, daylight ever again. Yeah, but y'all supporting him and questioning the victim, a child victim. It's her fault. Well, why is she taking stuff from him, for? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all are, listen, we have to admit where we're ignorant. And on this particular topic, when it comes to victims, we have a lot of ignorance still in this community. Sexual assault, the victimization, the grooming that happens. Y'all give these hard back men a pass and want to blame children for their behavior. Talking about he a youth pastor. All he wanted to do was have access to people's children. Don't let no man come around your child talking about they giving you stuff. Um, Ashley says, Sandy, they're all over the place and people love to defend the nastiness. Yes. Uh, KY345 says, what are the lawful definitions under K-Man's acts of rape and sexual assault? Well, we have to look them up, but in layman's terms, rape involves penetration. Indecent assault is pretty much everything else. So grabbing any oral acts and so on, those would be indecent assault. Siobhan says some humans are simply disgusting and shouldn't breathe air. Well, I agree with that. Um, Paula says no one know what you live with. It's sad, right? Um, Haley says they hear what everyone talking, they hear when everyone's talking about them um, after they did what they've done, but, did, but don't hear when a victim is saying no, make it make sense. Mm -mm -mm. First lady says, this is so sad, it breaks my heart. Jan says he needs his, you know what, cut off and stuffed in his mouth. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. Um, but thanks to that listener for reminding us of how many um, perpetrators and victims we have in this community. And those are the ones that have, have managed to have a case come to the forefront. And a lot of them, you know, haven't come to the forefront. Um, this person goes on to say, the level of ignorant comments from these people is baffling. At this rate, it's better for me to go serve jail time for the MF than ever try to, that ever tries to assault me. How can people forget he had to pay money for grabbing and groping the lady in the casino um, in the Bahamas? It wasn't the Bahamas that was in Seminole, Florida. Yes, uh, we have a society of very forgetful people. Hmm. Um, the irony of that casino story, actually, um, listener, is that I remember that because speaking of our sixth anniversary, CMR was the first one to break that story too back in the day. Hold on, let me see. It was Seminole, Florida Casino. Let me see. Um, let me see if I can find it. So this was way back when, oh my gosh, this would have been, I want to say we got, this might have been 2017. Let me see if I can find that story to refresh your memories because y'all can't remember. Uh, 
Yeah, so this was August, okay. July of 2017, um, July 19th, he was arrested for inappropriate touching at a casino. Video evidence, this was the Seminole Casino Coconut Creek. Video evidence of it, thank you so much. Uh, video evidence of it, the works, right? We saw the video. He said it was a cultural misunderstanding. So you grope women and it's a cultural misunderstanding. Next thing we know, the charges um, disappeared. Uh, not long after that, he pled guilty on the 20th and then the charges disappeared in August. The case was dropped against him because all of a sudden the victim became non-cooperative because money exchanged hands. So y'all need to wake up, okay? And, you know, again, victims look at this. Okay, he groped me. Now I'm going to go through a whole trial and go through all this stuff. Maybe I just take a bag of money and walk away. And maybe he's learned a lesson. But people like him, men like him, that's not how they learn a lesson. The only lesson that he just learned in that moment was, oh, I can pay my way out of this. I'll throw money at it. You don't think money was thrown at the lady who was assaulted down by, um, what was it, Coral Beach? You don't think money was thrown at her in the early stages to make it go away? You know what courage it took for her to stand her ground and to say, no, you're not going to buy me off? Who wouldn't like a good $100,000 to be able to help them buy a house or start over or whatever and maybe just leave this, this messed up country completely? It takes a lot for you to turn down money and say, no, not for all the money in the world. What you did is wrong. You assaulted me. You beat me up. And I'm going to stand um, for right. Y'all do have very, very short memories. I thank the listeners to the program for reminding us. Siobhan says not forgetful, but uh, sorry, Charlene says not forgetful, but mostly selective memory. So sad. How many passes does somebody get? in any event, before you start to say, does this man not really have a problem with women in particular? Like, seriously? Groping women in a casino? Like, the, the thing that I don't understand, when the person said to me yesterday, oh, you know, um, this, this government set him up. I'm like, well, damn, they must have his, his cards written out. Because they set him up with the very thing he's always had a problem with. Like, seriously? So they know Mr. Bush that well, that they would have set him up with this allegation from 24 years ago. No. What is the more likely case is he's always had a problem and never known how to control himself sexually. And some victims are just starting to talk and to come forward. Huh? The irony of the person who was saying this to me about is politically motivated, they themselves have had a sexual encounter as a man with Mr. Bush making moves on them. They themselves have spoken about that. So why now would you not believe this victim? You yourself have talked about how Mr. Bush has come on to you inappropriately after having a few drinks and you're a man that would knock him out. And he knows that. So if he can be bold with you, you don't think he can be bold with a woman who he thinks has no power over him physically or otherwise? Y'all need to be honest in the moment. Stop protecting these perpetrators. Mm -mm -mm. Somebody else mentioning some other well-known abusers, the guy who is working with Subway. They need to watch Law and Order SVU. Child, they just need to watch any news any day of the week and read up. There's the Duggar family. Um, this person says, thank God that Jeffrey Barnes is behind bars. 
I saw Mr. Bush like about two or so years ago in PDs and he was touching the waitress. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that I saw him give her something in her hands. <laughs> like I said, the stories are far and wide. Nothing unusual, nothing unusual whatsoever. Uh, this person says, blessed, good morning, San dearest. Happy blessed sixth anniversary CMR today. And one of my niece's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Um, thank you for all that you do for us. God bless you profusely. Han, P.S., I still count my fingers also. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, this other person says, the truth is, in general, men feel entitled to sex and to women's bodies. I also think uh, we have not fully accepted that sexual assault is a real crime. It's probably the only crime where the victim is continually, continuously victimized and re-victimized and re-victimized again. And I agree with you one million percent. Absolutely. The onus is still on the victim to prove her case and to, you know, she's the one who's put on trial. This person says, when I was 12 years old, my grandmother's boyfriend touched my vagina when I was outside and I ran and told her immediately and she didn't seem to believe me. Wow. I told my mom and she immediately called the police. The case went to court, but there was no outcome. My God. You see, for those of you who are saying, oh, run, run to the police, run to the police. Here is a brave soul, a child, a 12-year-old child. Right? Who did the right thing, a 12-year-old child, and nothing happens. When victims hear this, they're like, why must I come forward? Right? Another person says, um, Morna, you need to stop coming to class because it's obvious that you're not learning a damn thing. And now that we have clarification that she was just responding to Leroy, Leroy, you're in the back of the classroom, try and behave. The level of stupidity this morning is amazing, says this person. Um, these types of comments help future rapists be confident in being able to intimidate their victims. The mob goes to church too. And you know what is so fascinating about this, um, all, all of you who are paying attention, who are listening, is that I sit there and I listen to some of these rape cases um, when we go to court. And just like, for example, the one with Renato, right? He had the audacity to tell people, but listen to how bold he is, that he does this sort of thing all the time. You can imagine a rapist just in court and he tell me, oh, well, I do this all the time and people, the Spanish girls, he specifically says Spanish girls, they don't complain. So he forced him, he, he admitted to forcing himself on women all the time just to that college point in the Caribbean, we don't even see it as rape. And he's saying Spanish women never complain. They never call the police on me. They never did anything. And the first time I did it with a, a black woman, oh, it's rape. That's what he actually told people. Do y'all understand the mentality that it takes for someone like him to say something like that? You understand, you understand what we're dealing with here? He is a Caribbean man, a Jamaican living in the Cayman Islands was trying to get residency, thank God we didn't allow that, right? And he's sitting there talking about he forces himself on women all the time. That's his MO, that's the norm. What's the big deal is what he was saying when he was telling people this. 
And oh, look, now this black woman comes around and she can, she can talk about it's rape. Someone says, even if his wife is not exempt, allegations of him breaking her hand and flying off island to keep it quiet. Well, we've heard the stories. Another victim saying this this morning, when I was 18 years old, I moved here. And my little sister, who was about 14 years old at the time, told me that her uncle was assaulting her. And her mother knew about it and did nothing because they didn't want any shame on their family. Wow. I told my dad about it, and until this day, nothing came of it. It's very disgusting how people cover up these things uh, just not to bring shame on their family. I wish I could say, thank you, thank you um, very much for sharing that story. And I wish I could say to you that that's unusual. But from what I know, that is far too common. A lot of abuse and a lot of abusers go unchallenged and unpunished because of we don't want people to know, we don't want to bring shame on the family. It's such a common story. And you know what it does? All it does is allows the perpetrators to continue their reign of terror because they do not voluntarily stop. They never stop. Yeah? And if they're not punished, and that's why they tell victims, oh, if you tell anybody, especially children, if you tell anybody, you're gonna pull the family apart, you're gonna ruin the family, you're gonna look bad, your family's gonna look bad. They find a way to make sure that as a victim, you want to remain silent and that nothing is ever done about it. Because then, for all eternity, until they die, they could potentially, until a victim stands up to them, they could potentially have a long list of victims available to them for the rest of their lives. You can imagine. Like I said, take an R. Kelly, for example. Had he been stopped 24 years ago or whenever that first allegation was made, how many victims could have been saved? Michael Jackson, how many young boys has he really molested? Do we even know? Right? Had, had Bill Cosby's first victim over 50 years ago stood up, 50 plus women wouldn't be making complaints against him now. Maybe if he had been found guilty. But this is part and parcel of the problem. Right? Victims know they're at an automatic disadvantage in all of these cases. And that's why I suppose... I ride on the side of victims because I can understand a little bit of the courage it takes to come forward and even share these stories. And I thank you women who are WhatsApping me right now saying this happened to me, this happened to my sister because these stories are far too common. Even for you to message me in this moment, I don't know who you are, but I know it takes a lot of courage for you to do this, to admit that you understand what goes on with victims because you were a victim. You have a sibling that was a victim. Mothers were told, fathers were told, and they did not stand up for you. They did not stand up for your sister. How horrible is that? Your parents not even standing up for you. Oh my God. 
Vince says, I believe as people get older, they start to look back on their lives. And if they find God, repent. If he gets away now, the day will come when God will have him come forward. The longer he waits, the older he gets. Imagine at 70 years old facing the rest of your life in prison. And you know what is interesting, Vin, is that some of these perpetrators have no, I, I believe that they don't have any conscience. So I don't, I don't know if they ever truly find divine intervention and, and be honest. Some of them take it to their graves. We've had people in Cayman in their 80s, an 80-something-year-old um, uh, grandfather was molesting his grandchild. And um, when he went to court, the court had sympathy on him because of his age. I was shocked. I was like, a court having sympathy on him because he's 84 years old? Can you imagine that his entire life he's probably been doing this? Would you have sympathy on him if he was 25, 35, or 55? I don't care if he's 85, because that means that he's gone an entire lifetime being a predator and gotten away with it. And now you don't want to put him in jail because he's 84? Throw his behind in a jail cell and throw away the key. Even the courts, I've seen it in sentencing, but I'm like, what is this magistrate or what is this judge thinking? Oh, he's eight or four years old, so you know, be an old man. Really? That certainly did not stop him from molesting a young child, his own granddaughter. So why should it stop him from going to jail? Johan says we need to teach our children and encourage women that if anybody approach you or touch you without permission, punch them as hard as possible and run to tell the RCIPS, a responsible adult, especially your parents. But as you can see from that last message there, Johan, we have some parents who are not even standing up for their own children. I cannot imagine my daughter coming to me and telling me something and I do nothing about it. Honey, child, I'm going to chop you up in a million pieces and then call the popo. You understand? Parents. But you say so many parents themselves have been victims. In this culture, they think this is the norm. From one generation to the next to be victimized. So they do nothing. They're not equipped to stand up for their children. Good morning, Miss Ravina. Mm-hmm. Melanie says that's why Spanish women color up for those, um, I think I mean cover up for those type bull just for a few cents or dollars they allow him to touch them up it's ridiculous um alejandro is asking for someone to elaborate on that webster guy that made some hush money deal i'm still left not understanding how that went well he went to jail um or what's his name errington webster went to jail not long enough that's for sure um but they actually had video evidence of him because the young lady recorded it. And there are people in this community who were lambasting her. Sickos. Uh, good morning. Um, Cece says, I'm just here for the CUC voucher. Lord. Then she says, wait, who molested their grandchild? But that had a first case. That was, that was some people, I think, down in the east, down Georgetown. I'm telling you all this thing happens all the time. Remember the one in Bardentown? Let me give you all another case. And I do want to talk about caregivers a little bit because, Lord, I've been trying to talk about them from, from Monday. But remember there was the one in Bardentown where the police told the, um, okay, the occupants of this house were complaining that rocks, like big rocks, are being thrown on their house. And the police couldn't see anybody doing it, so they told them it must be duppies. Do you all remember this? 
Some bright and brilliant member of the RCIPS actually told the family, since they don't see anybody doing it, but they see the rocks in the house, it must be duppies that are doing it. Yeah, that, that's, that's what we import on our police force. And then y'all expect victims to go tell them a story and they're going to solve a crime? Even 24 years later, y'all are crazy. But anyway, yes, um, <laughs> you, you, I, I can't make this stuff up, you know. So when the situation finally came to light, what really happened is that that grandfather was molesting his granddaughter as well. And her friends, she told one of her friends, and I guess amongst themselves, they came up with this idea to punish the um, grandfather by throwing rocks and boulders at his house. And so they were the ones who were doing that. Not no duppy, like the police in their brilliance solved that case. It must be a duppy. So that's another case of another grandfather molesting his granddaughter. And her friends, poor little kids, I guess they didn't know what to do. And their solution to that was to throw boulders at the um, perpetrator's house. You don't see the foolishness that we're... Sorry, the foolishness that we're entertaining? Y'all would rather believe in duppies throwing rocks and boulders in somebody's house than a grandfather molesting his own granddaughter. What, what the hell? Mm -mm. Louis, Louis says, good morning, blessed friend of mine. A blessed friend of mine who was working as a nanny told me that she saw her boss, man, who was touching his own daughter, ways out of normal, and she asked me what she should do I told her to go to the police and denounce him. She said she uh, knew she would quit her job after. My God, Jesus. What a mess. Mm -mm -mm. Wayne says it's his birthday today. Happy birthday. It's also the anniversary. CMR turned six. So um, you're sharing a birthday with CMR. Look at that. Happy birthday to you. Um, this person says, thank you too. I wish you exit then. I wish you exist then because you are the voice for the voiceless. God bless you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, oh my God. All right. His church was behind him. Shameful so-called Christians, that was who, um, Webster. Yeah, the church always there for them, my love. Thank you for talking about this, another person says, and keeping this topic alive. I'm a victim over 30 years ago while at Caribbean College, have not told anyone. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you know, it's, it's the victims who do come forward and share their stories with me that allow me to continue to fight on your behalf, right? I think all women have experienced unwanted touching in some way, form or another. Um, and again, in our minds, we think, oh, this isn't assault, this is something else. But for those of you who've actually been raped, it's at a different level. I've had friends tell me that they have been victims, friends I've known forever, and I didn't even know right? 
date rape, acquaintance rape, sitting in as a child, sitting in the back seat of a car, your mom giving somebody a ride and that person touching you, touching your, your barely developed breasts with your parents literally driving and sitting in the front seat. We have disgusting men in this community who are beyond bold. And we as mothers, aunts, uncles, fathers, we have to be bolder than the perpetrators and we have to stand with victims. Don't find reasons to stand against victims, right? The same way y'all can question this, this victim in this Makiva case, like I said, we don't have all the facts, but why at this early stage are you guys demonizing her and questioning her story? Why aren't you demonizing this man who has a long history of inappropriate behavior towards women? Why would you give him the benefit of the doubt and not give her the benefit of the doubt? That's my question. And it's a serious question, right? Just, just thinking even logically, how has he earned your trust? By assaulting other women, women by touching other women, by having a reputation that's lower than the dogs out in the street? So why y'all calling me talking foolishness? about you don't know if you believe her? Why she waited 24 years for? Why would you believe him is the question I have for you. What has he done that would make you believe his story? Come on now, step up and answer the question and be accountable. This is why I go hard for victims because unfortunately not enough of you all are going hard for them. I shouldn't be like a crazy person here all the time talking up and speaking up on behalf of victims. Everybody should be on a singular chorus line on this topic. There should be no mercy given to perpetrators. We should not be making victims feel like they are the ones who have to go above and beyond to even prove their case. When 97 plus percent of allegations are true, the false narratives where somebody might be trying to, you know, grab money or whatever, are so few and far between that logically you don't even have a reason to not believe a victim if you were just looking at statistically speaking. One in four, one in four, one in four. Keep that statistic in your mind. One in four children are going to become victims. Hmm? So if you have a household and you got five children, rest assured that one of your children is gonna become a victim in their life as a child. I know parents who were molested as children who were victims. And when a child comes forward and we talk about this in this community, they're still trying to defend perpetrators and I want to box them down. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You yourself have been a victim. How can you take the side of a perpetrator? How can you overly question a victim when you have no reason to do so? This, folks, is a real takeaway here. We've got to change the narrative and the thinking in this country on this topic. I'm imploring all of you and begging all of you to start educating yourselves. Speak up. Talk to victims. Talk to people around you, because if it's one in four, you've got a lot of friends that have been victimized. Have these conversations. The next time you go out to dinner, bring it up. How many of you have been victimized? Is this something that we can talk about as a group? Let's have support groups for victims. 30 years later, they're messaging me saying they've never told anybody. 
And y'all talking about, well, 24 years, a long time. Really? Really? Victims live with this their entire lives. They carry the shame, the burden of it. And as a community, if we can't step up and do more to support them, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Gabby says, shaking my head, I can only imagine the ones who are too young to defend themselves brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. It's just, it's just too many. It's just, it's just we, we need to change our mindset on this. Chloe says, I have two daughters and I know the perpetrators in my family because they tried it with me and my family did nothing. Wow. I pray they don't even come near my kids. I'll drop or burn and not give a, you know what? Wow, Chloe, isn't that crazy? And trust me when I tell you, Chloe, as much as we know we, one in four victims, we know victims, that means that we all know perpetrators too. We all know perpetrators. Yeah. Whether it's the father that believed that he has to get the first dibs at his girl children. A lot of men believe that foolishness. It's the uncle that wanted, you, wanted to take you out on a boat on fishing trips. These are real life stories that I've heard, folks. Right? Always want to take you out on a fishing trip. And your parents allowed it, allowed you to go out with a full grown man on a fishing trip as a little girl. And all he wanted to do was molest you on these fishing trips and have access to you. Now he's all over social media, big and bold. Mm -hmm. Big and bold. Tell me how he's married and him and the wife are so happy. I'm like, I wonder if this wife knows he's a child molester. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's not get started about Cayman Brack and the sister islands because they're, they're not even having the conversation then at all. Yeah? Children, boys and girls being molested by members of the community, highfalutin people, well-respected well people, some of them even running churches on Cayman Brack. Mm-hmm. Carrying positions, being appointed to boards, want to run for political office, all kind of stuff, and yet everybody in the Brack knew that they like little boys. Mm. Isn't it shocking? They like little boys, Sandy. Everybody know that. The last time the police tried to get them, they tried to catch them in a phone conversation, tried to set them up using the poor little child. The poor little child didn't really understand how to do it, and so he's still getting away with molesting little boys. Leroy says, Sandy, dig them out, big or small, enough is enough. Yes, I mean, in my mind, enough is enough. Cece says, my kids don't leave my sight, not male nor female. I don't trust anybody with my kids. Well, unfortunately, you know, we live in a world where at some point you got to go to work. And these perpetrators lurking in churches, they're lurking in, the, in your yards, in your homes. Johan says, persons that abuse children or young people aren't men. They're sick pieces of POS, and they give all men a bad name. Real men are not interested in children. Well, you know what? Um, thank you, Johan. And real men are not interested in raping adult women either. Real men don't take anything by force. So yes, it's, it's particularly egregious when it's children, but even adults who are subjected to rape, a real man does not rape a woman. So, you know, this conversation goes beyond that. The victim goes on to say, this triggering um, so much other events of persons touching me when I was younger that I hadn't remembered, um, the stats for this small community is probably more. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, one in four is based on the US statistics, but yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt in Cayman, it could be one in three. 
Somebody says, guess we better be mindful that self-righteous Kenneth Bryan don't call in defending the church people again. Oh, Lord. When, well, I am going to have to be hoodwinked by someone because I'm going to believe a victim over a predator anyway. Exactly. Give the victim the benefit of the doubt. Um, another comment comes in on WhatsApp says, Hey, Sandra, I hope that you're doing well. I wanted to bring up the post we saw this morning about the man who was raped in prison. Another sexual assault. The comments joking, joking about it, or really, were truly disgusting. It's important to remember the impact these comments have on men, especially young men who've been, um, who have experienced sexual assault. Such jokes and casual remarks only serve to further silence and invalidate their experience. It is disheartening to witness the insensitivity. We need to foster empathy and create a safe space for survivors to speak out. Let's continue raising awareness and standing against such harmful attitudes and happy sixth anniversary, Samar. You know, um, absolutely. I mean, rape is rape, whether it's um, male and female, male and male, or even female on male, because women are capable of raping men as well. There's nothing funny about forcing yourself on someone sexually. And um, I haven't read the comments about, you know, I haven't read any of the comments, to be honest. I'll go and have a look. But I think it's utterly disgusting that anyone would find it amusing that someone was raped in jail. It's one of the reasons to this listener's point that young boys who are victimized are, if you think women are not likely to come forward, my God, Young boys, it's unheard of for young boys to ever come forward and to talk about what has happened to them. Because the first thing we do in the community is try to connect that young boy to homosexuality. Well, somebody, another man touched you, doesn't that mean you gay? And, you know, we try to castigate people. Now, I know that there seems to be a little bit of a correlation between some of the homosexual young boys who've had experiences having been molested um, as children. I don't know if there's a cause and effect there or what the correlation is, but I think it's a higher chance um, that they have been damaged in a really, really severe way by that experience. But that is also true of young girls. You know, but to tell someone in a community where homosexuals have such a difficult time just living their lives, right? And they are, you know, just so much prejudice against them. For young boys to come forward and say, I'm a victim. Oh my God. So far and few in between. Over the years, I can probably count on one hand the men that have come forward and told me. And most of them, I was talking about this MP, who's connected to this alleged child molester from Georgetown, most of the cases I know on the male side are from that family and that individual from Georgetown. That says a lot about how prolific they were back in the day. Um, I know at least four or five of their victims. Outside of that, I've had, I think, one other person, one other male that has come forward and admitted to being sexually abused. Men just don't, men don't talk about it. They don't admit it. They live with the shame and the trauma of it. Um, I've had some political leaders come forward and say to me, well, you know, the young child, my nanny did this to me, but I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't really think about it. 
as abuse until you started talking about the topic. And I'm like, well, a nanny shouldn't be touching your penis. They shouldn't be doing anything with it. You know what I'm saying? As a young boy, you have to learn how to bathe and wash yourself in your privates. We have to respect young boys in their private parts just as much as you would respect a young woman. But because we live in this sort of machismo community, we want to believe that little boys can handle themselves. And, oh, if you're 12 years old and a woman comes after you, that's okay because you're a boy. You're soon going to be a man. You're, no, you're not. The age of consent is 16. And even that is too young. Why haven't our legislators raised the age of consent to 18? Have y'all asked yourselves that question? Because most of them wouldn't be on the streets talking to some of the young girls that they talking to either. We've got to protect children for as long as we can. And boys are no exception to that. I'm really disgusted when I hear older people think it's okay because he was a boy if he's sexually active at 12 or 13. That's child abuse. No, no woman should be looking at a 12-year-old young man, not even anywhere, let's call him what he is, a child, and find him sexually attractive in any way, shape, or form. She needs to have her head checked, and she needs to be in jail just the same way I would expect a man to be in jail for going after a 13-year-old girl. Hmm? This person says they need to look into, and they name the current politician and minister of government, because I'm sure I'm not the only one that he raped as a minor. My word against him in this country is useless. Wow. Others need to come forward. I can't do it alone. Not supporting Mr. Bush in any way, but we have domestic violence in many representative homes and no sexual abuse is right. Caymanians need to research before they elect these disgusting pedophiles. Not all, but the guilty know who they are. Well, what I would say to this victim is that unfortunately, it has to start with someone. So you're saying you can't do it alone. Your word against his means nothing. The other victim is thinking the exact same way. Like you said, who knows how many victims are out there? But it takes one person to come forward. That's, what, that's why there's always this domino effect, right? One person comes forward with Bill Cosby, it opens up the floodgates, okay? One person comes forward with R. Kelly, it opens up the floodgates. You, you have got to be the one brave person to come forward. Caller, good morning. Hello? Hi, you got to turn down your radio for me. Okay, good morning. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, Sunday, everyone. It's really amazing me that still people don't get this thing about victims or whatever let the people they have to speak when they're ready to speak when they're comfortable to speak mm -hmm. i regret not telling not telling my mom that mm -hmm. i was multiple 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 and multiple mm -hmm. rape and molestation and so on and so forth and um, mm -hmm. these people have to understand we go to our grave this i can talk about it because it took me 30 odd years too mm -hmm. and my brothers my family nobody really doesn't know Mm. I didn't know now, but I am comfortable in my Christ that I know I can speak about it now. Mm. You got to be comfortable because it's still sad. It's still sad and hurts, but I am making that stop my life mm. no more if I can do better. That's mm. me. But Thank they have so these much. people are something else. You, you cannot accuse, let everybody do things on their own time, become a Christian, become the, the victims, let them speak. Mm. But 
we should have uh, one thing I regret in about our country and our island is we should have get therapy mm-hmm. long time ago by black people. I guess they say you're crazy. Well, I tell the point mm-hmm. we all crazy at one point in time, but therapy should have been one of our main goals mm-hmm. for our people way back in the day in the West. We are all our mental issues, so we leave yes. all of those people behind now. They're children, they're having children, children having children, yes. and, it's, and it's coming back home to Rose, but anyway about the victimized thing. Leave, yes. and have to leave people alone. Cause I don't want to hurt the person. Yeah. That get victim again, victim, victim, see the word, you know, I got Victimized, sickness yes. Like, yeah. Yes, ma'am. So they, they got to understand, leave the people until they're ready mm-hmm, to speak. Mm-hmm. Thank God I can do mine. So I feel so good because it holds you back that I can speak about it and don't tell me when to speak and not to speak because mm-hmm. I can speak it. As I said, my mother, I could write six books about her three, four generations of this badness going on. And I'm not making, I in here intend to break it right now. Mm-hmm. As we go leave this note, which I, I'm on a mission from Ja, and that's one of my mission mm-hmm. abuse, victimization of people that always like to hurt others. And there's a lot of it going on, and I don't got to see it and not got to say it without mm-hmm. doing something about it or saying something about it. Thank you very much, and God bless you all. And people want to love on one another, understand mm-hmm. one another, because that's what it takes—the love yes. and unity. Anyway, I'm gone. Thank you. I, thank I appreciate you all very that much. So thank much. you, Sandy. Happy anniversary. Yes, thank you so much. And I appreciate that. Thanks for all you do. Bye bye. Trust me when I tell you, folks, that it took a lot. It takes a lot for any victim, whether they're calling in and saying it in their own voice, as that caller just did, or They are sending me messages and saying, hey, Sandy, I'm a victim too. It takes a lot. 30 years later, this victim is saying she wished that she had the courage to speak up, but she didn't. Ashley says, I remember when I was in school, my teacher touched me on my developing breasts. I felt so uncomfortable. I told my mom and dad, and then they went to the school and school did nothing. I was only 12 years old. Schools. Churches, parents, everybody, so many prepared to do nothing on behalf of victims. Lisa says, where's the so-called member now with his church people to stand up for this? Perhaps this hits too close to home for him. Hmm. Uh, Yasmin um, says, Sandy, thank God for you. I know many children will be protected from your show. I mean, I can only hope that through forcing this dialogue, because trust me, it is an uncomfortable conversation, but if we open the floodgates and we give victims an avenue to start talking, right? Healing will come. Some perpetrators will now be shaken in their boots, but maybe somebody will call and out them. This is exactly what needs to be done. Victims have to have a safe place where they're not afraid, right? The perpetrators have lived fearlessly their entire lives. It's time for them to shake in their boots a little bit. Um, Angel says, uh, a lot of people don't understand that when you're raped at any age, any gender, it affects you for the rest of your life. And no matter the therapy you go to, perhaps that doesn't help. A young age makes it harder to trust anyone, even go on with life. And we don't understand why then some people turn to um, drug abuse, some young girls turn to promiscuity and other things because that's how they're trying to deal with the situation. 
Uh, Angel goes on to say, I don't see how some people can look at a child, whether a girl or boy, and get turned on by them. It's really sick and disgusting. Sunita says, we, the women, are the ones that vote in these men um, that don't give a, a S. Well, we're certainly part of the voting block, that's for sure. But a lot of women are being, um, you know, told who to vote for and controlled by the other men in their lives. Paula says, it is so true. Um, Johan says, strong caller plus person. Thank you again so much for that caller. Um, really just amazing to hear somebody say, listen, yes, I waited 30 years. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Um, Angel says, Alejandro, men, man, these people are sick as ever. You imagine a child being raped, who that will, how that will affect them for the rest of their lives. That's why we need to stop trusting everyone around our kids. Sometimes they want to silence them, threaten them, etc. We must teach them from an early age, nobody can touch you in any part of your body that they shouldn't tell me, even if they put their hands on your lips, tell me. Absolutely, we need to definitely. And you know, the sad part is, um, unfortunately, a lot of times it's people right in your homes that you think you can trust, right? People around you that have gained the trust of you and your family. Sometimes it's even family members. Yeah. Um, uh, Paula says, yes, yes. Um, Gabby says a lot of people still have the mindset that this is Cayman, that stuff doesn't happen here. You'll be surprised what goes on in this little rock. Well, I think after today, we shouldn't be surprised because a lot of, I think it's very, very prolific on this island. Johan says, as a community, we know all the perpetrators. Well, we don't know them all. Trust me, there's a lot that have been hiding in plain sight. And um, about this alleged evil, wicked deeds. But when we make excuses and keep things quiet because of class and position and family, name, status, et cetera, expose all of them, no matter who they are or where they live and family name and social status. Remains a very, very unfortunate situation. Um, this parent says, when my boys were younger, I would observe and make sure that they were cleaning their private parts properly. From about the age of five or six, my, young, my sons started to hold their own. Stop allowing me, um, me to see their part areas. And I respected their privacy and told them I trusted them to make sure that they can clean that area properly. I made sure my children knew that they could come to me if anything happened to them and if anyone made them uncomfortable and there'd be no talking, that person would be going to find themselves on the wrong side of a two-by-four plywood. Another um, victim says, this happened when I was 12 years old. I will be 57 years old in two weeks, yet uh, it is so easy to find myself back in that afternoon as if it was yesterday. And this is the one, this is the person who says at the age of 12, and I'm curious to know how old he was, but at the age of 12, she was raped by a sitting, I want y'all to listen to me very carefully. The allegation is she was raped by a sitting MP and minister of government. She's now 57 years old. She's going to be 57 in two weeks. And anytime she thinks about it, it takes her back to being a 12-year-old child. This is a psychological trauma 
and damage that people go through, that victims go through. So don't be too quick to judge victims. And I can tell you now, whoever's making these ridiculous comments, somebody send me some screenshots. I don't have time to go through them on this program. But whoever is making these ridiculous comments and the rape, um, the jail rape story, you're going to be blocked on CMR today. I'm going to do you a favor um, and do myself a favor by blocking you and your ignorant selves. I'll go through them um, after the show. Uh oh, sorry, I'm trying to grab this call. One second, caller, hold on. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning. Morning. Did I, I don't know what you were reading just, just now to say that the person remembering what a current minister did then? Mm hmm. Is that, is that what you said? That's exactly what I said. A current minister, like uh, not, not an MP, a minister. Well, I'm not talking about a religious minister, I'm talking about a minister of government. Well, it, there's only minister of cabinet. Yes, minister of cabinet. So That's right. You've got to be. Mm -hmm. This, this is, this is insane. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish it was some kind of joke, but it isn't. A current minister. Well. I know of at least, is, let me put it this it, way. What is, what is, what? We have, how many MPs do we have right now? 19. 19. I know with a good degree of certainty that at least four of those that are in there right now have been accused of sexual abuse, assault, and or rape. Let that sink in. And I'm sure it's more that I don't necessarily know about because I can't say that I know everything that's happening, but I know of at least four. Long history. Um, so you have someone who is saying that a sitting minister of cabinet, mm -hmm. then what was it? I, I can't remember. My mind is <laughs> a bit frazzled right now. Said, a sitting a minister? sitting minister of cabinet rate them when they were 12 years old are they going to come forward well this this is what they said i'm going to i'm going to read it again cuz i think it's important to understand how victims feel so the person said they need to look into so and so because i'm sure i'm not I'm, I'm not, sorry, sorry, I'm sure I'm not the only one that he raped as a minor. My word against his in this country is useless. Others need to come forward. I can't do it alone. Not surprisingly, and then they go on. So they're saying that they believe and they're sure they're not the only ones, but they're, they're not willing to be the first one to come forward because they are so afraid. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And after I, and after you've you heard should, some of the comments you should, this morning. You should reach out, reach out to the commissioner of police. 
I mean, I can, I mean, I can reach out all I want, but I can't force the victim. I am. I, I know. I know. I you know, and, and the victim has to be ready. It. Right. And the victim is a I civil understand. servant. There's a lot of reasons why in her mind um, she is, she's afraid. And so again, this is why I'm so sympathetic towards victims because I can't understand her fear because to us, the fear is like, what's he going to do to you? He can't kill you. He can't do anything to you. That's what we think. But when you, when you were a 12 year old victim, like she says, every time she thinks about it, she goes back to being a 12 year old child and the fear that a 12 year old child has of someone, you know, that that's different than as an adult, even, you know, we can kind of, right. Right. You know, work with the fear a little bit better as adults. So I, I've encouraged her to come, come forward, tell your story. I've even said, okay, even if you don't go to the police, go speak to the premier, let him know. I've, I've mentioned it to the premier. I said, there's an allegation against this particular minister. And he said, what? And I said, yeah. Would you be willing to, to hear what this victim has to say? And he has said, yes, but the victim is not ready. I've said, you know, the premier will talk to you. Go and speak with him. What what did the, what did the premier say that he would do? Sorry, say that again. What what assurances did the premier of how what he would do to protect the victim from what the victim perceives the threat to be? Well, I mean, obviously he's going to you know keep the information confidential until and if the victim says otherwise. Um, so. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, let, let me, let me put it this way. The, we're so quick in this country to dismiss this type of thing. And this is why a lot of people might feel a way about the comments that I have made against former Deputy Premier Chris Saunders and what he was doing to women. But I see this as a same kind of thing. It's not a rape yet, but what do we do? Wait 25 years so he becomes a McKeever Bush and then rape somebody and then go, oh, gee, what could we have done? That's why I speak out so, so passionately about it, even with his behavior. Civil servants were put on leave. They had to be put on leave, female civil servants, to get them away from Mr. Saunders' behavior. And the people in this community who want to talk BS to me, talking about they can still support this man politically. Y'all have got to be kidding me. This is where you've crossed the line. This is, this is just too much. And we have got to stop placating these types of situations. Because then the person, they get bolder and they do more and they do not stop. You understand what I'm saying? A deputy premier yeah. in this country yeah. has been accused of sexual harassment against women that work with him, civil servants. Yeah? Understand the implications of this. Our premier fired him because of it. The premier would not get into the details of why he was fired, which I think he should have, in my honest opinion, but his greater consideration is protecting the victims. Because even the one day that I addressed it, one of the victims reached out to him and said, oh my God, you know, Sandy's talking about, it's people that work with him. Well, a lot of people worked with him. That doesn't narrow it down that much. But they are still fearful that people might be able to figure out who they are. We need to remove the fear and the shame away from the victims and place it where it belongs. The people that should be afraid in this country are the perpetrators. The people that should be carrying shame and disgrace 
are the perpetrators, not the victims. But this is still where we are in the context of it all. It's unfortunate. Well, I would like to encourage the person to find, to do the right thing and step forward in whatever way is possible to this matter um, questioned and investigated. Because the truth, um, see like how sometimes when you talk about, you know, standing up for good and well, but at the end of the day, to some people, it's just sandy. It's just standing. Mm -hmm. Really need is you need a broad based support in society to achieve these um, important things because it, it one part is commendable, mm. but it needs more support. And that requires mm -hmm. people. Conversation is good because it, it helps bring understanding about an issue, but then you have to go than that. You need to face the fears of addressing issues and reach to do the things that are necessary to make our society a better. Mm -hmm. Words are good, but they're not enough. You need action. And action requires courage. Mm -hmm. Well, someone says that there has to be I, a, a support group for survivors. That would be probably a good place to start. I, I can't. I can't really say that I fully understand what the person is experiencing. Yeah, because of how I'm made up. Um, mm -hmm. But, but, at in order to address it, the person needs to find the courage somewhere mm -hmm. to actually do something. About you mm -hmm. see, doing doing that will put the fear of God in their hearts mm -hmm. and will make it more risky for people to attempt to do those things it's not going to eliminate it i'm sure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but it will make it it'll make the price of doing much higher mm -hmm. and i think that'll improve um the environment that we live mm -hmm. in thank you all right take care paula um says in the comment section it is really hard to speak out and i think that Again, those people, Paula, who haven't been through it, don't know how hard it is. That's why it's easy for them to say, why did you wait 24 years? Here's another story. Um, I know someone who was molested by an uncle at the age of six. That was over 40 years ago. No one in her family knows, and that uncle is now dead. Most victims, especially children, sometimes can't even understand what happened, uh, much less tell someone. Yeah, because it's, it, it, is, it is a struggle. Um, for them to deal with the situation. Folks, we've gone almost the whole show talking largely about this, and I want to talk about the caregivers, but today not going to be the day for them. I'm afraid we'll have to postpone that till Tuesday. Let me read a bit about um, what's, what this person has said about this, this sitting minister back in June of last year, because they've spoken to me now a number of times about it. Let me see... Um, let me see when the first time they came forward um, on WhatsApp messaging. So back in June of last year, they said, good morning, Sandy, looking lovely as usual. People are scared of the outcome. If the expose, the, if they expose, sorry, these 
these wasted night um, rests. That's a typo, but because they have the ability to ruin you and your family and your life in Cayman. Remember, it's not what you know, but who. I so want to expose, and they named the sitting minister of government, but I work under the name where they work in government and can't afford to lose my job. That MF took away from me the greatest gift God, um, greatest gift God gives to humans, the ability to have children. And I have to live with this every day. I don't want the word hate. I don't like the word hate. And I know no one, I know no word to describe what I feel for him. Um, rapists. That was one time that they talked about it. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello, caller. All right, folks, still on air. Um, they went on then some days later to say, we need someone like you digging up the dirt on these prospective politicians. They should have to be nominated for at least a year before election so someone can really reveal who these um, damn useless or helpless candidates are. Stop this bloody mama and papa voting for people just because they tell you daddy, just because they're your daddy, BFF. I have a question, and then they were asking, again, I don't want to say what ministry it is, because they all will definitely know. Um, that They're saying that this person doesn't deserve to be in charge of certain things, because then they have access to children and young people, and um, you know they should be released from any responsibility to do with children or young people. Um, and that they prove to the country what a effing snake he is. I'm sorry if you think I hold a lot of anger towards him, but I refuse to apologize because people like him just lie and rot, should just lie and rot to death. And I say that I replied and said, I think you need to come forward about this because you cannot do anything unless you do. At this point, it's just rumors and stories. So you need to come forward. And I was encouraging them to please come forward. And, um, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's not something I can certainly push anybody into. Um, and I've even said, you know, I spoke, I think at that point I reached out to the premier and I said, I spoke to the premier about it. And they said, let me process my thoughts. I am not looking to get anything out of this and regret not coming forward earlier. But if you knew my story from my childhood, you might understand. And a lot of times victims are re-victimized. So perpetrators see people who are easy victims and they go after them because they've already been victimized by somebody else. It's not unheard of for children to be molested by multiple people within families and so on in communities because the perpetrator can see that they're already weakened and they're already a victim. They said, I'm terrified. They said, I'm still terrified. Remember, now this person's almost 57 years old and this happened when they were 12. They said, I'm still terrified. I have lived my whole life with PTSD because of him raping me and being molested by family and companions of my mother. If I, don't know, if I didn't know any better, I would tell people this ish doesn't happen in Cayman, but even worse, that it's happening. I was 12. This happening to babies and being kept hush-hush. Sitting minister, folks, y'all heard me loud and clear. I'm not the one who can name this person. The, the victim has to be the one to come forward. All right, folks, um, crazy, but that's the reality.
Richard said it's easy for us to ask the victim to come forward, but we have to understand the far-reaching ramifications to the family, employment, and community-wide on a tiny island like Cayman where everybody knows everybody else exactly. And it's not like they can just move to another city and, and remain you know, incognito or whatever, right? Uh, Tiana, good morning. She says abuse of power and absolutely nothing will be done. Wow, abuse of power, abuse of children, abuse of women, um, and maybe in, even in some instances, abuse of young boys and men too. And here we are. All right, folks, 1022. Look at this. Supposed to be on vacation. We went almost a full show. All right, here's the thing. Today's our anniversary. And so this year we are celebrating six years of CMR. What an amazing six years it has been. Thank you guys so much for your support. You've made us really the number one news platform, number one talk show. And we're just hoping to continue to go from strength to strength. I think six years is a relatively short space of time. Um, and we've been able to accomplish a lot. Thank you so much, uh, Tiana. But, you know, we want to do more. And part of what I want to do, especially through this talk show, is bring awareness, have these frank and open discussions, and really just push the envelope. Uh, sometimes making us all uncomfortable, but we need to get there. We need to really get to a place of more openness and transparency, not just politically, but within our communities, within our churches, within our homes, right? So thank you, Haley, and thank you to all of you who have supported this platform one way or the other. So this year I was thinking about how to give back. You guys know I love to give prizes and surprises and all that fun stuff. But this year I thought the way that people could really use the help is through um, some donations of gift cards to fosters, and we're going to do some CUC vouchers. So I'm going to just pick some random people um, to help out. And if you know of someone who's in need, this would be a perfect opportunity to maybe just shoot me their name. Um, I'm going to push the budget a little bit and see exactly how much we can afford to do. If you are interested in, in donating some gift certificates, I know that sometimes people do reach out and say, hey, Sandy, you know, I've got you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of gift vouchers from Fosters or whatever. Um, you know, put them together, maybe $50 gift vouchers. That's how I'm going to do mine. And we're going to give to um, people in need in this community. I think that that's the most amazing way that we can be impactful. So um, I do know that, you know, there are people who are in need who won't say that they're in need, certainly not publicly. That's perfectly fine. But just WhatsApp me and let me know. I am planning on doing at least 10 Foster's gift certificates, and then we're going to do some um, vouchers from CUC as well. Listen, $50 is a bag of groceries. It's better than nothing, right? It's not going to buy you a whole cart of groceries anymore, but it's better than nothing. And I can tell you what, $50 even in other countries is only getting you a bag of groceries in this day and age. So um, send me some names of people who you know are in genuine need and can benefit from a gift voucher, Fosters or CUC. And, um, you know, I'm back on island tomorrow. So I'll get those sorted out when I come on island because I was kind of still debating what to do this year. So that's how we're going to celebrate our anniversary by giving back to people. And, uh, you know. We're young at six years, and we're hoping to continue to just grow from strength to strength. Thank you so much, um, Shanika, Alejandro, and everybody else. Natasha says, thank you, Sandy, for defending victims, uh, treating this as seriously as it deserves to be treated. You are most welcome. Um, I'm just really thankful that I have the platform to be able to do it. And you guys know me. 
I need jail. I got a birthday coming up. Yes, I'm a Leo through and through and I take no prisoners. So don't get insulted if I tell you that, you know, the way you're talking is ignorant. You don't understand victims. That's not meant to be an insult, but it is what it is. We have to educate ourselves. We've all been at times coming from a place of ignorant, from not understanding something. But my thing is don't hold on to your ignorance. Be willing to learn. You know, that's that's the difference, right? I'm, I'm ignorant. We were born ignorant, right? We were born stupid, not knowing. And we learn things that are not accurate, not correct. But the thing is, don't hold on to your ignorance. Be willing to say, hmm, okay, maybe I don't understand this. Maybe I need to sit down and talk to a rape victim and try to understand why did you wait 24 years? Why 30 years later can you not talk about it, right? Open up your minds and your hearts to being more available um, to understanding the plight of other people because it's not easy. It's not easy being a victim of anything. It's not easy being a victim of crime, of murder, of rape, of sexual assault. You know, so we have to be willing to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes, understand their perspective. It, that might not be my perspective. And we all think that we would do things differently if it was us. But you don't even know that to be the case. There have been situations that I myself have been in like, yeah, if this happened to me, you know, I can do this. I know when you're in it, you're like speechless. You don't even know. You, you're just caught off guard. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. So be less I'm willing to blame victims and to judge victims. Have an open mind. Wait for the facts to come forward. That's what we're going to do here in this case. We're going to follow this case from inception. I'll be bringing you guys all the details. And then we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. This victim may or may not get justice. We don't know. Charlene, thank you so much. Uh, she says, such a kind-hearted, extremely community-minded, Caymanian lady, our host, Sandra. So grateful for you in multiple ways. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Tiffany. Uh, wishing us happy, happy anniversary. Thanks to Lulu. Ashley says, I don't have WhatsApp, but can I message you on Facebook? Yes, um, please do so. Um, Chloe, thank you very, very much. Uh, Andrea says, I was one of 100 to first follow CMR. Hey, for that, you deserve something, child. Message me. Um, you were one of the first hundred people. Y'all remember, does anybody remember when they first followed CMR? Oh my goodness. You probably thought this is crazy, but I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride. Uh, Morna says all she wants is that mug. Don't worry. I do have some, Ms. Morna, you know you at the top of my list, honey, chill. Um, when I get back, I should have some more. I did like a short order and Ms. Morna, I will get to you. Natasha says I'd be willing to come on the show and speak as a victim and share what the experience is like and some of the ways it can affect you. Oh my God. That's so amazing. Thank you so much. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry this morning, Natasha. Thank you. That's like the best anniversary present ever for victims to come forward and talk in their own words. Yes, please. What's up me? Because the more we have this dialogue, the better. Ms. Ravina, thank you. Uh, Chloe says, I want a t-shirt that says, not today, Bobo. Yes, we need to get t-shirts done and we need to get some that say, honey, gel to... Ooh, honey child. Thank you, Miss Ravina. Uh, Jackie says, top not show today. The problem of abuse needs to be um, stamped out. Thank you, Miss Jackie. Alejandro is here for it. Uh, it could just be an apology letter too, in terms of the evidence. Who knows? Thank you, Paula. Thank you all very, very much. Thank you, Jim, for all the well wishes, folks. Enjoy the weekend. Don't forget we have a holiday weekend that's here. So um, we've got Monday's a holiday. 
this weekend, today and tomorrow, is the, actually this morning at nine o'clock, they had a flag ceremony because there's an official funeral that's coming up on the 1st of um, the late uh, Captain Eldon Kerkernel. He was a MP, um, the first is Monday, or, sorry, the first is Saturday, so his funeral's this weekend. So today and tomorrow, he will actually lay in state in the, um, the parliament building. So you can go and sign the condolence book and show your respects. We'll pop by tomorrow when I'm back on island to check that out. Um, but today they had like a special flag ceremony for um, him and then he'll have an official state funeral on Saturday as well. So I, I ironically had the opportunity recently to run into his daughter, um, Debbie, and such a lovely lady. She was on a flight with me recently going to Miami. And, um, you know, I told her her father has obviously contributed in such an amazing way to this country. And thank you um, for sharing that with him. And so um, sharing that, sharing him with us, I should say. Um, so thank you to his family and our condolences again to the loss of their father. So thank you, Natasha. She says we need a victim advocacy support group. Um, let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do to um, move that needle forward in a positive direction. Yeah? Okay, one more comment. What's up? Let's see. Uh, this person says, San, I was just thinking about, I know this day of your anniversary for victims to come forward is such a good special day in this way as well. Amen. Thank you so much, San. God bless you always. Thank you very, very much. Um, another person says, hey, Sandy. Yes. Okay. Uh, somebody says, lion season is coming. Oh, yes, honey, chill. It's going to be here. Uh, so thank you all so much for the congratulations. Um, yes. Okay. All right. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful people. I'm out. You guys have a safe and wonderful holiday weekend. Please no drinking and driving. Drink and stay home. That's what you do. Okay. If you feel like you have to drink, just drink and stay home. All right, folks, we'll catch you on Tuesday morning at 730. Until then, please be safe. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels. And visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 